good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen. This is Machibili, alongside my critique of in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And uh, we have quite a lot to talk about, quite a lot of good, or I should say great to talk about. And a bit of bad, a bit of shit that we had to talk about. Um, as I promised over the past few episodes, I will... Well, actually, I promised myself and I promised you guys that I would, um, that I'll check out uh, Fifty Shades Freed. And I was telling myself this could be the last bad movie of 2018 that I'll see, although I kind of have a feeling it won't be. Um, but yes, I did check it out. So I'll start yeah. off with that. And then from there, we'll jump into TV. We'll talk about the, well, I don't want to call it, uh, uh, technically, it's a special episode, if you will, of um, The Chilling Adventures right. of Sabrina off of Netflix. Yeah. This is called A Midwinter's Tale. Um, so you'll yeah. talk about that. Afterwards, we'll talk about the long, the highly anticipated, long awaited Elseworlds crossover event. You know, it started off with The Flash, continued with Arrow, and ended with Supergirl. So you'll talk about yeah. those, um, that crossover, sorry. Then we'll jump into what may very well be a strong contender for best foreign language film for the 2019 academy awards of course we're talking yeah. about alfonso Cuarón's roma a lot of a, a lot of people hyping this thing up as the best movie of 2018 i will share my thoughts on that we will we, we'll more or less debunk that that belief if you will that that claim if you will and yeah. last but not least um a movie that we were we were generally excited to see and we yes we saw it um probably one of the, the 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 most anticipated animated movies of 2018 bar none of course we're talking about spider-man into the spider-verse so uh before all that stuff all the movies and tv shows uh we're just gonna talk well at least you're gonna talk briefly about music right uh yeah. you went to the press play um concert if you might yeah. just just let our audience know what i'm talking about Right, so apparently these guys running something called well, Music Zone TT does this uh, local kind of tour, and basically what it is is just a bunch of local talent coming together just to well do do show off their skills. Even people we never really hear from or quite um, quite new on the scene, um, talent wise, relatively new, um, small amateur. Uh, this this is like a tad above uh, open mic night, right? Right. Um, but what it is is just is just a really good conglomerate of local talent, and they basically had the end of their tour for the year in South South Trinidad uh, for their last set of show for the and basically it's effectively the Christmas show, mm-hmm. and yeah, but just they came together. Uh, it wasn't it was last night around they started around nine o'clock half nine so, and yeah, it was I thought it was pretty cool. Um, uh, just a bunch of local towns. So I just kind of run through who I liked, what I didn't like, and well, I, I can li- I'll say I liked everybody, but I'll tell you why I, some people didn't like. For one, really simple and kind of well, I won't say petty reason, but it's something that bothers me a lot. Okay. Um, so basically, they went through a list of people. So you had um, R- Rissa. Um, she's like the first artist who performed for the night. She's just this rapper, and right. yeah, she was pretty awesome. Um, terms of freestyle and a couple of songs she did a lot of original material um from mm-hmm. her aspect um then they continued with a, a young band that i thought was pretty goddamn awesome and, and if they really stick to their craft they, they, they could to me go places uh, a, a band called 688 um basically it's just this is a, a rap group um mm-hmm. 
and they just did a bunch of work together uh, with their material. Um, then you had Mick and Yuvani. Uh, Mick and Yuvani. Huh. Yeah, Mick and Yuvani. These two guys, yeah, I, again, I can see these two guys blowing up in a, a really interesting way as well. I mean, again, if they stick to the craft and they, do, and they, they keep to the discipline and they quote, more hit songs instead of just, I mean, it, it's quite possible it could be a one-hit wonder, but the, the track I heard that it did, uh, yeah, I could see that song blowing up. Um, basically, it's a, <laughs> a song about a dude fed up by white girls, and so you go, <laughs> you get an Indian girl, right, or a doula him, because the old song is about, but he does it in this really cool, all right, so the thing with them is that, and I, I, I won't say that they're a parody band necessarily, right, but what they do is basically could do any, effectively, these two guys could do any genre. Wow. Uh, so they can do rap, they do hip-hop, they, they do whatever, they do, they do reggae, they have a bunch of tracks they do together, and they have a bunch of original songs, and they, do, they, they literally said that they don't stick, stick us in one pitch, they, don't, they don't stick us in one um, genre, good way yeah. to take effect. Yeah, we, we saw a, a myriad of that in their performance yesterday. Um, Alright, well, well, maybe they might do a little soca, something like that, uh, for 2019. Right. I mean, because in, in soca, um, we we have had you know comedic acts you know whether it be Nikki Crosby whether it be Zuki and Tim Tim you know those guys they always have like a little jokey super song the the songs they play the lyrics are funny but they're not like trying to be too funny necessarily because it's still good music on its own and but they they don't they don't go as far as something like a Lonely Island which is the intention is comedy but it still makes awesome tracks parody and whatever they're talking about but it's still a good track right um no just like just make good tracks on its own um. I'm not sure if it was intended to be funny necessarily, but I just thought the performances were great. Um, and then, yeah, and then one, the, the guy who plays the guitar also kind of raps is, is uh, the Indian fellow, Yuvani. Um, at least I think he's Yuvani. Um, and I thought they had such a great set going tonight. Um, but they didn't, um, they didn't do so much. Then, uh, oh, the, the guy who performed it, who was in Mike Wise's album, Pogo. Right. Oh, yeah. he was there. He, okay. Yeah, he had a solo performance, and he he did a a couple tracks. But he did one track that was produced by Mike Wells. Um, ah. Yeah, that track real fucker. Holy shit! <laughs> nice, I, I don't nice. know who the guy is because top of my head I didn't know he was Pogo. Now, um, I knew the, so when I saw the dude, was like, oh yeah, that's Pogo. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 don't don't ignore him if if you see him, eh? <laughs> or, or or play like you know him. That that's what you said. That's what you said for the um for the for the leave review. You see, like if you see me back, I might pass him straight or some some gunning. So I can't remember off the top of my head who he is now. I know it's oh, it's my Christ friend, but I don't know who the, his stage name was. Can I spend ah. enough time with him? Okay, um, I got you. Right. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Singer. Yeah, right. Sorry, not, it's not Polo, right? I say Pogo. My mistake. Um, Polo. Right. Yeah, he, he, was, he was pretty good. Um, he did a track. He have a kind of. Is a kind of Dr. Dre kind of style to his rap. He's, he's kind of sung like the game a little bit, like mm. when you hear him. Um, I don't think he sung like that in his in his thing track, but yeah, he did a track that Mike Rice produced. It's a solo track. I, I really hope he get a good video person for that or whatever. It's to blow, for that to blow up. Uh, yeah, that track grimy as hell, but real fucking hard. And yeah, he's a great rapper. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, and then um, a woman in Valerie Hill. She's a great, really great, great singer. She was a mm-hmm. um, pretty pretty. And then you had um, uh, what, when you say singer, like what pop R and B? Yeah, that's straight straight singer, pop singer, normal. Um, right. she did a bunch of covers. Right, so this is where the, the night kind of slung for me, frankly. Um, a lot of these actors, uh, a lot of these singers, 
too many of them, well, at least the singers, not really the rappers, because the rappers brought their original material, but I thought too many of them just did covers, which I was kind of uh, learning from. Yeah. Too many, they did too many covers. One of them just did way too many covers. She was like, right. it was like 90% of her set, which I hated. Oh, damn. Wow. I think it was like one original song she did, and then everything else was covers, which I find was a bit annoying. Annoying to me. Mm. Um, then um, it had this pair who had the biggest response on the court crowd, but you get a feeling she kind of brings she, she bring she crew with she. Um, okay, I, I already said my, my name right now. And why I forget her? Because she did too many covers. Um, but it's this girl with her ukulele and her friend. Oh, I, okay, okay. Here's the thing, right? So, yeah. slight confession. Um, my mom showed me, uh, yeah, my mother showed me um, an article in the papers two weeks ago about this, this chick, right? Uh, she is currently doing the same film program that we did, that we kind of came out of, um, okay. you know, uh, um, partially on skate, we should say, but yeah, she's in the film program right now, and she has a right. YouTube channel, and she was doing covers, and she had this, like, cute little, like, green-colored ukulele, <laughs> and she's doing um, songs, and I was like, all right, she's, she has a nice voice and everything like that, but, you know, in yeah. my head, I was telling myself, I have a feeling that she went, that she was in that press plating, and I was waiting for you to, to yeah, see the whole ukulele. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think her name is, I think her name is Yasha. Um, uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I believe that's her name, yeah. Right, yeah. She, right, she had the oh, biggest oh, by, the, by the way, by the way, Yasha, if you, if you so happen to, to hear this recording, um, I, I, I think you're talented. I think you're great. I think that you have a, no, a really yeah. great voice. Uh, keep it up, you know what I mean? Just just keep keep pushing, keep doing the, yeah. the great work. Right, she she does the whole um you know, but uh, there's that kind of an insult, but it's not not so much. Here, but you, you, you get the kind of um manic pixie dream girl kind of vibe to her. She does that um something uh -huh. like a you know Zoe de Chanel type person. You get that right. right back from her, so she could totally do that in a movie or something like that. You can see that happening. Um yeah, she had the biggest response from the audience by far. Um, she does a it's a ukulele. Right. Ukulele. Yeah, right? and she did a bunch of covers again. I was kind of annoyed by the covers, but she was still cool. And I can't remember if she did an original song. She did, she did a couple. Yeah, she did two original tracks and then a couple other covers. She did. Uh, but yeah, she, she was pretty good. Um, then I, I really, it probably slipped me a couple people I miss. Um, oh, it had this, this rap from Maloney. They were great. They came on. They came Maloney. on pretty late. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But okay. they, they, were, they, were, they were pretty good. Um, uh, they did a couple tracks themselves. Um, I forget. I really slipped my name because I don't think they name any list right here. Kind of a well, last minute uh, entry or something. I'm not sure. I don't sure okay. what went down there. I think they, they they probably replaced somebody who was supposed to be there. Uh yeah. And then they 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 um they were great. And then the last um oh it had this dude from Port of Spain. He was pretty good. I know. I heard this. I heard he did a performance before. So Mike Wise brought him on for a show. Um, but gosh, I. I have to really apologize because I really slipped in my name right now. But he was he was pretty cool. He brought his laptop. He performed pretty late. That's why I kind of forget him. Um, right. And then, we, well, last but not least, Mike Rice performed at the end. He did um, two of his songs, Some Leaf, mm -hmm. um, the opening track. And then... Nice, nice. Then uh, uh, Bad Night. Uh, but on the subject of that, since he did the opening track, uh, was um, was Profess there? No. Really? Um, that's, no, that's, that's shocking. Did he, did he do the opening track though? I don't think so. Because Pro Professor was supposed to do was right. Professor could make it for some reason. I forget why. Oh, and Mike Weiss did just um he did Bad Mind, he did Culture nice. and Afraid. And then he did the he did um what's the name of the opening track again, boy? Is the opening track for the album? I think it's that or either that or the opening track for um for this the mixtape from before. 
Right. Right. So that was the two tracks that, um, yeah, I, even though I wasn't drunk and I couldn't drink last night, I, for some reason, I can't remember these things. Um, <laughs> well. Yeah, you know, I had a young notepad. Um, yeah, 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 clearly, clearly. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, he performed. It was solid performance. Everybody loved it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, this was a, a great night. I'll, I'll say I'm really, really hoping to see some of these, these you know, people blow up and, and do well in the, the future. Um, the, the, the people I could see really doing something really, like, have a future, if you really stick at it, I'll, I'll say they, they stood out for the night for me was Mick and Yuvan. Um, everybody else was great, but these two in particular I thought was really, really good. Um, yeah, this is right. interesting. The style of music and then the approach you're doing, I could see them doing, you know, going on to do something great. Um, if they really, again, you know, music is not just two, three, two, three songs. Eh? So you had a, I would like to see them, you know, you had to stick at it, unfortunately. You know, that's the, I yeah. mean, his work. Yeah, definitely. But we'll, um, we'll see. But I, I, they, these two stuck out in my mind. I thought they were great. Um, they had a little crew come for them, you know, little three, four friends come with them with their performance, and that was good. And, right. Yeah, that was it. I probably leaving out somebody, you know. I think it had a guy with a guitar, but I was kind of out for that part because he did again. He did he did covers, and I would turn off. He did one or two tracks. Those weren't particularly good, but I did. All oh, right, this guy, he performed it with um, Yasha after with a local performance. Because he came back because my crisis delay for some reason. I forget why. Um, so yeah, it, it had a couple delays that that so we, it ended up wrapping up pretty late for me at least. Um, okay. But that's about it. And yeah, this was just a nice fun night, fun night for me. I don't know. Really, I kind of, I took a break from, I kind of did a lot of work to take a break from, I had to go to the house. And this was the excuse to go to the house. Yeah. Uh, that's it. You know, yeah. I just kind of faced myself for what to do to end, or to do the initial more work just to end this on this date, which was 15th of the month. That was perfect. The middle right. of the month. And yeah, it was just there. I went to have some fun and, you know, again, get out of the house, meet people I'm familiar with and talk with them and, you know, enjoy a, a night. It was great. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, well, uh, that, that's great to hear. But I'm um, almost free to access, but, um, or maybe I shouldn't access, but I kind of, maybe I'll just say, like, you know, I hope that there were people like this. Um, I hope that there was some, you know, maybe a radio person or a radio personality or two there who, you know, like, you know, right. probably was there to listen to the new talent and be like, all right, well, you guys have any singles, something that we could promote, something like that. No, no, I don't no, yeah, think they, of it as just uh, an exhibition yeah. of music and nothing more, you know? Well, uh, well, I, I would imagine just just internally they would address me at a large deal. It felt like small enough to be a network event in that sense, but I, I didn't notice anybody like that. Um, well, you know, I, how I see it is that, you know, well, Mike Wise himself is a producer, and, and um, well, you know another member of Southwide Lifestyle, effectively the head of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have a, a kind of pseudo launching of his proper studio thing. I don't want to say his name out loud because I'm not part of that necessarily, um, but at least not officially, I should say, or legally. Um, so, uh, well, your boy Joe Black, right? Joe Black, yes, uh, yes. He kind of was kind of a little schmoozing and whatever it is. So, that's about that. Um, and he was just kind of saying, yeah, and he was doing little interviews with them with all the talent um, and all the people who could come up. Uh, the dudes from Maloney, I thought in particular, were quite good. And um, 688, uh, they, they, those guys stood up. I thought all of them were pretty good. I had this one dude in 688 uh, who had a really, like, really kick, 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 um, kick in, smoking voice, a really smoky voice. I'd, I would like to see him do some interesting tracks going forward. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much it. I had nothing else really much to say for the night. It was just a solid night for me, solid night of entertainment. I would have loved to see a, a larger crowd, but again, I'll imagine the location as a little prohibiting. 
you know, so it wasn't that big, but it was a good enough crowd, and the crowd had enough energy that more than made up for it, in my opinion. So it was fine. It wasn't like the light was dead or boring or anything like that. Right, um, right. It was, it was, it was a solid thing. It, it didn't pack you. I could expect a packing, but you know, if it was a, a you know, any complete, I'll say is that the, the ticket price could have been a little lower. Um, that would have probably brought to more people, maybe. Ain't you? Um, probably but, could have brought in me. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, yeah. But, but glad to hear that that performance is great, though. Um, I mean, yes, we have Carnival to look forward to. We have two months of Carnival to look forward to. Well, r- roughly two months before Carnival actually comes in early March. But um, I'm glad that there was at least this opportunity for non-Soka slash local talent to actually Yeah, yeah. A, and then, a, then because a, I think it had Soka. It just had one thing. Oh, they were, well, 688, I think, themselves, they also did a parang track that they produced, but they didn't perform with it. But they were playing it. And two of them were doing like like, like while the while the break was going on, they were playing the parang track, and two of the brethren was dancing because like I think six sixty eight have like a dancer for them now. It's mm-hmm. like this guy just do these this crimping and and general, you know, you know modern well, uh, you know, a uh, uh, young now, so I don't know what kind of dancing that is. Um, but just these kind of just general modern hip hop dancing the fellow day, and they were like dancing towards it, and I just thought it was like a general, um, just some generic. A parang track, but I was like, wait, it's on a little hip hopish, and it, if I want to understand, they produced it, so that could be something to look forward to. That they, they might have some parang hip hop track that could come out. Um, some that, I mean, that, that sounds hard though. <laughs> no, yeah, it sounds great. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, this this produced well on thing. It's a, it's a little generic on the generic end in terms of the modern hip hop because it's like a metro booming something. Um, you know, or at least metro booming adjacent, you know, the same, you know, four hits, four beats stuff now, but it was fine. Um, and yeah, I, I um again a great night overall for me. Um again I couldn't get drunk because I had some extra things to do today, um, busy wise, but uh it was a good night for me overall. I, I thought it was excellent. So uh, I can't complain. Cool. All yeah. right, so stuff speaking of can't complain, one thing I can't complain about um when it comes to movies, no more fifty shades movies. Right. It's done. It's over. So Hallelujah. Decide, the trilogy has decide. ended. The tr- yeah, so you decide, you decide to jump on this grenade. Yes, know, that, yes, yes. Because, because that's the commitment that I have to you, for you guys. And not even just that, but that's, that's, that's how much I love movies, Jed. And then also because I'm a completionist. So, right. yes, I did not go cinema to watch Fifty Shades um, of Grey. I streamed it actually, and I but that was specifically for um, our year in review where I just wanted <laughs> just wanted to say that that was the worst movie of um, of that year. Now. Um, yeah. And I think in my should be out fan stick like process that for a minute. Okay. That shit was worse than fan stick Like fan stick just had so much internal shit going on that can't really like see you yeah, know the movie was total garbage. Right? It, it's really right. unfortunate when you think about it. Right? I but, more, more, more production problems than the actual failure creativity. Right? Yeah, and, this, and there was then there was an ego thing going on, especially with that director. Like when I found about that, I was like, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just it was just back and forth because you really think you really think um you know the studio that take you know cater to you bullshit now. They were like, all right, you know, studios have no problem burning a, a movie to the ground just to screw you, right? They will do that shit. Eh? Yeah. As far as they could they as they could use more problems than you know, this product losing money now. Because in the long run, they don't want you to be your ego now. And yeah, he's like a big ego person. I don't really care how, how big he is. I don't think he's that talented of a director, frankly. Um, but he good. Yeah, and, you know, fan it would have been okay if he got to make his movie. But still. 
They burn that yeah. shit to the ground intentionally. Yep, so. yep, yep, yep. But yeah, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and up top in my list in 2015 as the worst movie of that year. Uh, we didn't get any Fifty Shades movie in 2016, and in that case, um, that 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 um, that number one spot went to Independence Day Resurgence, a movie that I yeah. still hate to this day. Um, 2017, Fifty Shades Darker didn't make it to my number one; something else did. Um, but in that case, with Fifty Shades Darker, yeah, I actually went cinema to see it. And here's the funny oh. part: like, I I went like as a double feature, and I can tell myself, all right, John Wick Chapter Two coming out same 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 time, right? So. Let me take in the shit movie first and then watch John Wick to kind of just wash the, the, the shit off of me, right? And right. here's the thing. Like, I didn't go into Fifty Shades Darker, like, you know, some kind of experiment. Like, I needed to see how bad it was. It was just the title itself suggested that the movie was darker. And I yeah. thought that they would have done something a little bit more creative as far as the, you know, um, the masochistic relationship between Anastasia Steele yeah, Anastasia Steele, right? Which is so not a porn star name. And Kristen Gray, right? And they didn't do that. Um, yeah. Also mentioned in my review way back then um, that what would have been creative uh, would have been if they just, swept, uh, if they just uh, um, swapped rules, basically. So instead of Anastasia being the submissive, let her be the dominant for once. In the process, she kind of understands... Can explore her sexuality because basically that's what the first two movies was about really about her kind of exploring her sexuality or whatnot right and then now with christian um with this whole subplot with him and this old woman who's played by kim basinger i'll bring her up um just now um doing the same kind of bdsm stuff on him when he was younger and him being kind of tormented by it somewhat because she kind of shows back in she kind of comes back into the picture so him being submissive again, you know, it could have a kind of sort of a psychosexual kind of exploration. So he could kind of figure out what's going on and why he doesn't want to be touched, you know, in his nether regions and all that shit, right? But nope, because it's a Twilight fan fiction film, it's just basically, all right, we have to have this couple, you know, give them excuses to just have random sex and let christian do whatever he wants like take some you know these like silver balls and have a put it up a you know for jg right <laughs> and then throw in this even ridiculous subplot about her boss uh who's played by eric johnson suddenly turns right. this big stalker fella and trying to you know get to her because he finds he's a better man than christian and blah 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 right so totally hated the movie but i saw the appeal of it like in cinema like seeing it there i understood why these movies are so popular not just well like as a you know as my training critics league you know colleague um summer said you know this is why these movies are so popular in trinidad you know because of the, the bacchanal you know the the content in it now so yeah so when i saw 50 shades darker i was hearing some women kind of giggling like <laughs> you know what i mean all the all the the, the sex right. scenes and this is like the main problem i always had with the with the show eh? with with these movies is that they're selling this thing as this uber um sexualized film like something that that's never been seen before you know you know something so taboo breaking and you know so groundbreaking in terms of that like think like say basic instinct back in 92 or showgirls back in 95 something so incredibly raunchy and sexy you know i mean it changed the face of erotic cinema forever it's like no not really it's soft soft core porn basically that's what it's it's hollywood r-rated soft core porn you know what i mean 
I, you get more out of you get more out of softcore porn by watching actual softcore. No, I, 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 straight up say it. I don't know. You know. I don't know when it happened. I don't know when this happened, but at some for some reason, people became, for lack of a better term, very performative around this film. As in, oh well, you know, women could like sex too, and this yes. is the movie that's gonna do that. And like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no, right, really. <laughs> And that's all together. It, it ended up just timing itself so well, like Martin Wiseman. I will so never cool. forget the first time it came out. Eh? And as soon yeah. as, well, this is the wrong time when the books came out. And I think there were, there were moments where people like, uh, well, I remember one of my colleagues back in UE had this little study that she was doing, asking if the book was really, you know, really empowering for women or if it's just right. glorifying BDSM and all that kind of stuff. But I remember, like, the, the hype for the release of this movie, eh? like, this yeah. was going to, like, change the face of cinema. Like, this is some kind of last yeah. one, trash shit, you know? And I watch it, like, yeah. this is it? This is really yeah. the big hype was about, bro? Come on. <laughs> but anyway, wow. so <laughs> what matters is that Fifty Shades Freed just like the, the, the books that inspired it, the book that inspired it, sorry, is the last movie that we're going to get. I, I, I hope, I, I pray to God that we don't get any spin-offs. I don't want to hear about the early days of Christian Grey. I don't want to see what happened to Anastasia and Christian, you know, 15 years after this movie. I don't want none of that. I don't want no Hobbit-like you know, take yeah. on this thing. You know, Twilight came and went, it done. This thing came yeah. and went. I hope it ends, right? So what is this story about? <sighs> All right. So if you care about what happened in Fifty Shades Darker at the very end of the movie, um, well, not surprisingly, Christian and Anastasia got married, right? I say not surprisingly because, like, if you're if you're familiar with the Twilight movies, you remember, yeah, they got married, right? Um, near the end of one of the movies, I can't remember which one it was, but they got married, right? Um, right. And as you would expect, they go on a honeymoon, and oh gosh, boy. Um, <sighs> travel porn galore, you know, going right. in all these glamorous cities, you know, going to, to right. Paris, going to the Louvre and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, it looks good and everything like that, but it's like, I, oh gosh, man, I, you're I, just I, rubbing I, the shit in my face. You're like, no, I don't mind, you can't I don't mind this. <laughs> I don't mind travel porn because another movie this year did the travel porn thing and I, I liked it a lot. That was um, Crazy Rich Asians. So, yes, yes, like, yes, that did, that yeah. did, yeah. So, like, well, yeah. If you ever had a good score, you're on that, okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. yes, they go on the vacation. Um, there is this one cringe with the scene. Well, kind of going into the scene, right? So, it's kind of established early on that um, Christian wants to hold on to Anastasia as much as she can. And she's always yeah. open. She just wants to be her own woman, which I like. I like that about her character, right? right. But Christian just wants... Like, all right, I'll, I'll explain the scene, right? So... In one of the vacation scenes early on in the film, right? Like in the intro, I think it is. Uh, she's, um, well, yeah, so basically she's um, sunbathing and whatnot. You know, um, Christian is there on the beach and all that kind of stuff. And then he's he's telling her, well, you know, you're yeah, 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 careful. There are some guys that might be seen, yeah? It's like, um, because she's topless, by the way, right? And she say, well, what are you talking about? You know, this, this beach is full of boobs, man. It's like, what's your problem? It's like, well, I don't want any guy watching you, you know? You know, right, in, in yeah. a real douchey kind of way, not in a threatening oh, cool. way, but in a very Christian Grey kind of way. Like he would see it, and he it would sound smart or a little snarky. But you look at it, it's like, no, this is just fucking creepy and dumb. It's just dumb right. and childish, right? So yes, that that's kind of established that you know he he want to keep his eye on her basically, right? Uh, while all this is going on, we well, um, 
it had this break-in at one of his corporate headquarters place, right? And up to this day, I still don't know what this man does, you know. Man's a <laughs> yeah. millionaire. I still have no clue what yeah, he does, what he, what he owns. Well, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I know Anastasia used to work in this book place. Like, she does that shit, right? Book publishing place. Cool. But what does Christian do? I don't even know. One day, I yeah. think it's in the 50 she's like, the man come and say, fuck it, I just got to buy this whole place from you. So I'm your boss now, you know what I mean? And right. just to get into that now, so yes, everybody would know that they married and all that kind of stuff. You know, they they, they treat it kind of normal, right? Now, next cr- cringe-worthy scene, right? This is one of the main problems I have with this show, right? Just these moments where it stopped and it's just like, this is shit that just make no sense. But anyway, so your boy, um, Tyler um, Hoakland, Ho- Ho- sorry if I got the name wrong, um, oh, Superman himself, yeah, he in the show. Wow, he in the show. Wow, <laughs> I was like, no, oh no, shit, no, that's But anyway, so he is a author, right? And he has this. It's kind of funny. He has this book called Well, the Inferno series, as he's called it. And I was thinking about um, what's the show by? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, with Da Vinci yeah, Code and Angels and Demons yeah, and yeah, right. Inferno, right? Angels and Demons and Inferno. I never, I never watched the movies because I heard it was shit, but. I don't know. Right. Maybe one day I'll check that out. But anyway, right? So he they're yeah. talking about this book you want to put out, right? And then Christian come in, right? In into into Anastasia's office. He's like, um, could you could you give me a moment, please? And and well, Tyler's like, all right, well, cool. You use you use use the use the husband. I right, cool. I I want to get in your way, bro. All right, let me get out of the office. He come in though, and here now, I try to send an email to you, and it bounced. Didn't you change your email? So. Essentially, what he's saying is that instead of Anastasia Gray, uh, Anastasia Steele at so so so, she should have changed it to Anastasia Gray now that they married. And they have this back and forth about an email address. You didn't change an email address, and he just bitching and moaning about it. Uh, but yeah, so wait, wait, yeah, send the emails. I mean, I don't notice that. Like, why would anyone change your email? I know, but like I don't know. Like I, there was there was a reason why he sent the email. But the point is, you didn't know that she didn't change it, or you told her beforehand she was supposed to change it. So you didn't have right. that argument before. But all of a sudden, you surprised that like instantly she's supposed to remember to change her her email to Anastasia Gray because she married you. The fuck? What? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no. so it's yeah, just this yeah, little yeah, spark yeah, that makes no, no sense in the movie. Somebody. though. No, yeah, there's no somebody dated, and I, I would I don't like to be ageist, but kind of old, write some dumb shit like this. Because, like, yeah, yeah it's not how emails or modern social networks work at all. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, I guess another thing I'm going to mention, right? So, okay. Again, uh, so I mentioned a term called performative earlier, right? Uh-huh. And what I effectively mean is just people being contrived, making a contrivance out of something. As in... Right. Well, we know it dumb, but we still like it because of X, Y, and Z reasons, right? So we're not like we really like it. But, you know, it's the whole, in a sense, kind of like it ironically, and you're not supposed to take this too seriously, right? Yeah. After shows like that. The problem is, even on that merit, it's still bad. Yes. Yeah. Like, if, if so, like I, can't, I, can't res- I can't respect this, even if people, quote, unquote, like it ironically. Like, you see, it's not like Tommy Wiseau or something like that, where just... It's so bad and good it, because it, it's still competent enough to be think, to be workable now. Yeah. That's what's for sure about this. It's like, no, it's just bad. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. So let me just get to the overall point of the show because I could talk 
you know for for hours about the the stupid shit that they that they argue about, right? But that will be part of the main one of the main issues out of the movie. So overall, it's just that the um well, the same former boss now um who calls himself Jack Hyde now um because I mean well sorry his name is Jack Hyde now apparently right which is so uh, a a bad guy slash villainous name right. He still on this quest to try to get back at at um at um basically at um at Anastasia for him right. for, for him being fired at the very end of uh well I think it's at the end or in the middle of um of Fifty Shades Darker. So he lost his work, he's still obsessive over the girl, so he kinda stalking her, trying to break inside the business, trying to do all these sneaky stuff now. But they kinda forget that um periodically because it's just these moments with Christian and Anastasia kind of there and going well, going to do it. This basically going from place to place now, right? I'm doing different stuff and whatnot with their friends and their relatives, right? And all that while they throw in another subplot where, um, where yes, Anastasia is pregnant. And initially they brought it up before, where it's like, well, you know, one of these days I want to have kids. And Chris is like, well, no, I don't want no kids right now. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's like. Well, yeah, I mean, right now I focus on you. You, you want me to do just stop that and be focusing on quote unquote diapers and vomit and shit. So he, you know, be so he's basically being a man child about this thing there, but he still want the opportunity to have sex with Anna, you know, in any any instance he can. And in the movie they do that; they just throw all these random instances. Like there's a scene literally where they go to like this um this lodge or some sort, right? I think it's because either his brother, like right, his brother wanted to propose to this girl, right? And right. then was like basically like yeah, well the place is mine, so you know. Um, I, I think the same the same um girl who was gonna get proposed at basically was saying, you know, y'all y'all could do whatever they want to, you know, we we wouldn't mind, you know, y'all could be as loud as all they want to. And it's literally like a scene afterwards, like in the night where they're just having sex in the kitchen with a tub of ice cream gin, and the movie stops for this, sir. I like if this cheesy kind of puppy trying to be kind of darkish. Like if you remember the you know, like if you remember the, the renditions of songs that they hear for the trailers, they always have this kind of dark edginess to it, right? Like uh, when they use Crazy in Love for the first trailer for the first movie, you know, they have oh, this yeah. kind of dark tin shit, so it's always like that now. Um, they bring back the playroom again, you know, the red room where they do all the the um, the um, the BDSM stuff. It's this painfully dumb scene with him and a vibrator, right? And every time he going down with it, it's like he would just move it away now. So she gets stimulated and then he'll move it away now. And he's like, well, now you know how I feel, you know, when you reject me. I'm like, what the fuck is this like saying here, Trent? Like, this is, this is your idea of payback, Trent? Really? <laughs> but anyway, so let me just jump into the review one time. Um, yes, the movie is, is, is as bad as I'm describing it right now. Um, as far as good goes... The, the two leads still have a little bit more chemistry. Like the little bit of chemistry they had in Darker, it's still there. You could tell that they, they kind of like to be around each other, so that's cool. Um, I like Anastasia's character, kind of, well, bits of it. I like that she can hold her own, you know, it's not like she just needs this guy to be all up and she, you know, you know what, all the time, right? So I like that about her, right? But it still kind of comes down to. Okay, I'm gonna do whatever it is you tell me to do because um um this is this is how our relationship is. 
Like you would right. think that as they get married and all things would have changed and they could just have normal sex like normal people. Nope, we're still going to do the whole B- um, BDSM shit, whatever. I, I mean, it have couples that do that, so fine, whatever. Um, but point is, is just the same old, same old stuff. Like if you've seen... If like if you happen to see like a scene from the movie, you, you kind of know what to expect. Well, a scene from the previous movies, you'll know what to expect. It's just okay, random sex scene, close-ups, um, corny rendition of a pop song playing in the background, trying to sound all edgy, and it's just boring. That's that's the that's the weird part yeah. about it. Huh? That's always been the problem with with these movies is that they show sex in the, like this incredibly boring light show. I don't know if it's because of the lack of chemistry or just been there, done that. What is this doing for me? Basically, it's doing nothing, and that's always been the problem. And it's it's the same thing here. You seeing all this stuff and just like, all right, this is supposed to do something. For me. This is supposed to, I don't know, get a rise out of me. No, you're just literally stopping the film to do this. And if it's not that, it's all this stuff about. Well, I'm pregnant, and you don't want to be with me because you don't want to be a father, and blah, 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 blah. And swear to God, literally in the last 50 minutes, that's when you remember, oh, shit, remember that stalker guy? Okay, we're going to bring him back, and then he's going to kidnap a friend of, 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 of Anastasia, and now she had to get ransom money, and then this happened, and the way how it ends, how that wraps up, which is so... Like, it's, it, it's fast, like incredibly fast, but just so dumb, just like... God, that, that's the best way you'll, you'll choose to resolve that. And then yeah. the last few minutes, I mean, I don't even want to call this spoilers because it don't even matter. Fuck it. Um, we learn a little bit more about um, about uh, Christian's past and oh, he was adopted. And well, we well, yeah. I, I forgot that shit, but we learned that that Jack was one of the people that was uh, was going to be adopted. But had Jack been adopted by the, the person who adopted Christian, Jack would have been much better off now, you know what I mean? So that's well, that's, that's what they like, try to, to to hint at. But I like wait, so that's your that's your motive for revenge, right? Like because yes, yes. they were in the same orphanage? They were in the same orphanage, right? Oh, okay. So what? <laughs> I like, yeah, well. but why yeah, they know what this stop at the end of the movie though? They're in the end of the movie, they just stop and show us this a picture. Like, but this this okay. is shit that should have been in the, the movie though. <laughs> Christian didn't notice or mention this fella. No, well, well, according to him, he barely remembers those those wow. mo- um, that time when he was in the in the orphanage. He barely okay. remembers those things. But you remember, <laughs> but you remember, but you remember Kim Basing and all that kind of stuff. And oh, by the way, by the way, <laughs> I watched the unrated version of this, right? Yes, right. because I'm a sucker for pain, right? And right. she is in the movie twice, right? Because after the little arguments about. Oh, I don't want to be no father, blah, 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 blah. He walk out, right? And right. he goes to um, Kim Basinger's place there. And then there's a, another scene afterwards where she's watching TV and she hears about what happened with Christian surviving the whole kidnapping stuff, blah, 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 right? She's just there. She doesn't even say a single word yet. She's just there, like in front of the camera. And that's it. These scenes so- that she in this last for like about... Say like a twenty to the second, and that's it. That's what they hire she for. Literally okay. a minute of screen time when they, when they, when okay. they add those two up together. A minute. Of they edit it in any kind of context. Have it say okay, like this relevant to what she's saying or what he's saying or whatever it is. Kind of, but the point is there was no point to her being in the movie anyway. Right. 
that, that, just... that is because she has no dialogue, but really and truly, there's no point of being there. Like, all right, yeah. you, you need somebody to, to confide in, okay, but you go to this person, and then, of course, Anastasia, you know, lets flat out calm, cuts them out further. But, like, they don't right. explore that even further. It's just like, oh, like, going back to her, and he, he get this text about, well, I'll always be there for you if you need me. And they didn't even take time to even explore that. Like, oh, you still have feelings for this woman who basically warp your mind to be this sort of dominant asshole. They never explore yeah. that, right? So wasted, wasted screen time <laughs> with um, Kim basically. Literally a minute of screen time and she does nothing, right? Um, the supporting actors, I mean, they there. I mean, Rita Ora, there. Um, yeah. Who else? Boy? Eric Johnson, who played Jack Hyde, he was there. And it, I like how they make him out to look so incredibly bad and evil. Like, you know, um, like, I don't want to say, like, like with the makeup now, you know, like, making him, making, uh, like, bags on his eyes and stuff, making him look uh, real kooky and crazy and shit. I like, and even the way how he talks is, like, you know, uh, I'm going to get back at you. What, you think you're so much better than me? You know what I mean? You deserve me and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's it's pathetic, it's real pathetic to watch. Uh, however, though, I did like the very end because yes, they they did have a child, and it uh, well, it's revealed that uh, well, the little clip that they show when the credits rolling, um, you're also pregnant with another kid. Well, Anna's pregnant with um uh, with, with their second child actually. So right. in the back of my mind, I asked myself, okay, so when that boy grew up, um, and he, he discovers that playroom. That that yeah. that can that can change things though. That that can change that family dynamic right there though. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I mean, the movie is what it is. It's dumb. It's shallow. It's sex, but not tintil- um, titillating in any way. It's just annoying. I mean, it, 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 uh, my eyes were just rolling every time they had a yeah. sex scene, and it's always like they will show you justice, but they're not gonna go way further in there. You know what I mean? And you're calling yourself an unrated version. Whatever, just seeing. Um, but I'm just so glad that this shit is over, boy. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I can't look at this and the other two movies and call them so bad it's good. It had to be right. that, like, either you just like trashy shit like this, or you just get forced to watch this thing, like, by a girlfriend or maybe out of curiosity, like me. And you just had to see how bad it is. So I fall on a ladder camp, basically. But like I say, shit is over. So there's no more of this anymore. Um, I, I, I hope for nothing but the best for Jamie Dornham and, um, and, and Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Hope they move on and do better no, but, shit. Uh, this, but, 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 but a movie, a movie I consider one of my favorite for the year, um, she was in. That was Suspiria. Um, uh, oh, so, yes, yes, yes. I, to I me, need to see Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah. So she, to, to me, she done like, um, she done kind of move on from this shit already. I mean, I, same thing too. I like I I like both of those actors. Once you write good for them, um, yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah, whatever. It's just yeah. the material, do whatever. Yeah. So for me, here's the thing. I think I should be a little bit fair because this is the final one, and it does have that sense of finality to it. So trust me, whether you hate this movie or not, or whether you love it, when it ends, you'll be like, yes. Or well, at least in my case, when I say yes, is Yes, this movie, this movie is done. This trilogy is done. The series is done. No more. Yeah. The end. So, for this special case, I'll give this a one and a half out of five. Right. <laughs> that extra half is just that the fact that it's done, and they do give a, 
I do appreciate the conclusion, right? I do appreciate it. Even though the relationship is toxic, it's been from the from the word go. I do yeah. like that, yeah, they, they kind of decide to still be a couple and they had kids and blah, 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 right? So it's that kind of, not even like a hot woman end, but just a logical end, I, w- I would say. So it's either that or they just, you know, split up, right? But um, I, you know, it's just so funny, right? Last thing I'll say is the shock that Anastasia has when she finds out that she's pregnant. It's like, What? Like right. all, all, all that fucking you always doing for two and a half movies. You all didn't realize. Well, you know, eventually it's gonna lead to this, right? And you're like, like what? Like, uh? I agree. Like you know, all, all, all they had to do was just say, okay, well, Chris, you take up a sec to be or something. All right, something nah, like no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's done. All I right. saw it. Of course, it's gonna be a good about with stuff this, but. Yeah, it's not gonna be my number one, right? I mean, it's easy number one, but nah, nah. I, at least, at least they edit off on a somewhat good note, right? So I give right. them that blight. But other than that, um, unless you genuinely, genuinely love these movies and you like to giggle at it a bit, <laughs> look at Christian's ass and what that. Um, skip this shit. Skip it. Yeah. All right. So moving along from that, now we're gonna get to some good stuff, right? So, uh. TV. We're gonna focus on our TV here. Um, we're gonna talk about. Technically, this is the eleventh episode of um, ch- the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. This is a Christmas yeah. special. Uh, it's called a Midwinter Steel. Um, yeah. It premiered on the um, well, roughly two days before the time is recording here. Uh, so we both checked it out. Uh, Ricardo, yeah. if you will, you could just let us know what a Midwinter Steel is about. Right, so it's the Yule time. Um, yes. Basically, the pagan slash, well, the pagan or, or the witch version in this context of yeah, winter well, solstice, as they call it. Right, what we call Christmas time. Right, uh, winter solstice, which is December the twenty first. Um, right. it, well, it's right. usually to measure. It's more to do with agriculture and where the sun is in context uh, to where temperate countries are. That's the actual history of this. In this context, it's something to do with devil, devil, and the, you know, the tin, the, what is the, the tinning of, or the weakening of the barrier between the dead and the living. Yes. So you have to light a yule log, and I'll protect it from the spirits. Cool. Yeah. Uh, um, so the whole episode is about Sabrina. Um, she, well, she wanted to contact her mom, um, because yeah. she, they, they brought back the fact that her mom was in the... In limbo, limbo actually, yeah. In that one scene and, when she was trying to get, um... Her, well, now ex's ex boyfriend's brother's right. soul back. Right, right. And so they, they basically she wanted to just do a seance to bring him back, and bring sorry to bring her back. Well, at least to talk to her to explain to understand why why she is in um why she is in limbo at all because you know yes. you think she's so far pass on or something. That. That's basically what's going on. Uh, well, Sabrina basically fully disclosed her witchhood. On her friends, and she wanted her friends to do the seance with, but they were like, Yeah, they're still a little too creeped out by the witch stuff. And so she asked the sister's tree um, to do it um, for her with her. Just right. To, right. And then, well, well, the top witch, well, the character we well, that was revealed to be um, the first woman, the true first woman, that was um, at the end of season, the episode 10, that was um, yes. Lilith. Yes. Right. Uh, well, in 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 some biblical narratives, Lilith is Adam's first wife who get corrupted. Right. Um, anyway, so she's like effectively the first witch. 
Anyway, Lilith um, did a little shenanigans as usual, and she she out the Ulog, right? She basically did a spell against them, out the Ulog, and so a bunch of spirits come into the house, and shenanigans ensues. Literally, shenanigans ensues. Yes, <laughs> and that's pretty much the episode. They mm. reveal a character, another another witch in the storyline about this, and then they resolve the plot involving another character with that witch, which was pretty awesome. In its own yeah. And yeah, that was it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, not much more I could see, but it's it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty solid. Yeah. This this could have been a finale in its own right, in some ways, um, but not really, because they kind of just bridge between, just kind of wrapping up a tre- uh, plot thread one time, so they don't have to probably address it at all in the next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for me though, I was I was trying to remember because yes, I know we we covered it before, but I was trying to piece together if this was like some little um, prequel or it, well, the perfect example I'll use is like Cowboy Bebop the movie. Like, remember yeah. that movie is supposed to take place before the last two or three episodes of the series itself. Now, so I was wondering if this episode eleven, well, this. Midway to Steel, sorry, was supposed to be before episode 9 or 10, but then I realized, no, it's afterwards. Uh, I was just trying to pe- remember things that happened, right? Um, but, you know, the same quality is there um, from the great um, cinematography. Once again, the use of shadows and light and whatnot. Um, great acting across the board. Um, Kiernan Shipka, forgive me if I got the name wrong, still still excellent as Sabrina. Um, yeah. Uh, still giving a lot this, to do. Yeah, this... this um. This I thought was really well done in the sense of again it's just good, good you know across the board why this this will again for TV stuff it'll get my best of the year because it just covers it just does everything so well that's well good production value good editing good storytelling yeah um, good set design and whatnot um, and then just good acting overall like everybody's silver rule on a purpose this this wrongs um, they had a nice little arc with one of the friends I thought I actually liked that a lot. Yes, I really yeah, thought, with, with, a, with a creepy um, Santa. That's all we'll yeah. see. But um, I thought, like, I don't know if it's going to see this, but um, I thought it would have done a little bit more with that um, or something. But, right. yeah, like, I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of that because they tend to more focus on Sabrina's, you know, the shit I guess that she going through more than her yeah. friend. That's the that's the um, the one that um, had the, you know, the identity issue, if you will, um, in that season. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I thought we would have gotten a Krampus analogy or something like that. But yeah, he kind of oh. like that. But... <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. But it, this, this was, this was um again solid, solid um solid uh, episode for me. It wasn't. I actually went through it. You know how you just you're not feeling long enough thinking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, and I, I thought it was pretty awesome in its own right. And and it ran for like what fifty five minutes, and you know it just yeah it was well, yeah. A uh, couple of things I really liked about it. It's kind of ironic looking at it because it's Christmas and all. Um, I like the, the the clever subtext in it. You know, like what yeah. we talked about before. You know, with the with the pre-seat and all that kind of stuff. In this yeah, case, yeah. it's them basically talking with stuff and you know, seated be praised and all that kind of stuff. But you hear all these like Yuletide carols playing in the background. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Um, one particular scene with uh, with the Santa Claus and he was hearing like um, this record of an old song, an old Christmas carol playing, and it's distorted in such a way because it's a well, basically it's a skipping record, a skip record now. But the way yeah. how the sound is distorted makes it sound even creepier. Now. So I like that they add a lot of the the darkness that they add to like the you know even right now um, that they add to the Christmas music and all. I thought that was a that was a nice touch. Um, 
although they don't spend too much time doing it also like you know with Sabrina learning stuff you know what witches do around this time and <laughs> I remember one scene where she said what is it with witches and cannibalism you know what I mean so once again questioning this life that she's in you know I really like that um, yeah. last thing last I want to mention too which, which, which really surprised me though the end that last shot though that's right. that time of thinking oh shit this is what we're gonna get in in season two here not gonna not, not gonna spoil anything or i was just say think of the um the um nativity but just right, right, right. dark witchy man right right and when i saw that especially right. with the music they yeah, used right. for it, i was like right. oh continue, okay yeah they continue a plot yeah no right they continue another plot line which was big at the end of the um yeah, big at the end of the season of episode ten of season one, where right involving yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Know what you're about. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, yeah, that 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 actually caught me completely by surprise. Right. I love that that um that end scene. I love that that yeah, that yeah. to me would that 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 sold it for me, right? But yeah, overall, I mean, if you have enjoyed the um season one of Children Adventures of Sabrina, you will totally enjoy this one as well. Um, as well. Yeah. I would call this like a bonus episode, if you will, but yeah, right. it, it, it totally works. Um, if I could rate it, uh, yeah, I mean, decent four to five months. So, still right. that level of, of quality that we've gotten before. So, you know, um, don't go in expecting something grand or anything like that. I mean, it's the same level of quality, but just with this dark Christmas twist on things, right? And I thought that the, the Christmas stuff and you know, just basically how we kind of look at Christmas, you know, once again, we have the songs playing in the background, but we could still, you know, <laughs> we minds could be in all this, you know, be like, we could still do we, we dark evil shit and whatnot, but you still had a Christmas stuff in the background, because yeah, it's Christmas, but, you know, you know, we just have this stuff there because it's there, you know, that kind of stuff, but anyway, um, but yeah, totally enjoy this, um, do check it out, um, I would say, well, I don't know if this is gonna rank amongst you know, the, the best Christmas specials that Netflix gave us, you know, like there's, there was that one um, Black Mirror episode, which I right. actually, which I finally watched last year. And I was like, yeah, this, this shit real hard. Yeah. Like, I'm actually going to watch this, this episode again, this Christmas um, coming up. But yeah, I, I do see myself, well, maybe not watching this thing every single Christmas, but yeah, we'll be checking this out um, next Yuletide season, hopefully, you know what I mean? Uh, right. But what, what, what is your rating if you, if you have one for this episode? Yeah, about the same. Um, it it just it complements the, the the first season very well. Um, it it wraps up some threads, so you don't have to think about it too much. And it, it again, in some ways, this was this could have been operating like a, a finale on its own, but not really because of how it plays out. Um, but I really liked it. Uh, yeah, eight out of ten, pretty high actually. Nice, nice. All right, so now we're gonna move. Well, stick it with. Greg Belanti and Warner Brothers and all that stuff. And now we're gonna move to the CW now. So we're going to right. talk about the 2018 Arrowverse crossover, right. which in this case is Elseworlds. I uh, started off with The Flash um, and right. then continued with Arrow and Supergirl, each episode nine. So I like that. Uh, so what is this story about? So I'll, I'll jump well, in, right? Before we start that, we had to talk about just the awesomeness of the 100th episode. Because not only is it episode nine, but it was the 101st episode of uh, Flash. Yes, and, and that hundred episode was pretty badass. Uh, that was excellent for me. I mean, I yeah, 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 was, it was, it was. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, yeah this, this was uh, the finale was. Uh, sorry, this um, crossover was pretty good. Um, but was, I, I liked it. I liked it. I actually had a lot of fun with it. But I thought they could have done more with it. 
Um, I, I would agree too. Um, it's less yeah. goofy than um, the previous one, you know, with the right. evil Nazis and evil Arrow and Supergirl. What I say um, goofy is that uh, uh, I'll just never forget that shot of 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 um oh gosh I'm forgetting Kara's sister's name I was forgetting her name um Alex yeah Alex of Alex trying to gun down reverse flash right. like her with a handgun trying to shoot at reverse flash this that five seconds of this just that that had me rolling just like what the fuck is this yeah, but anyway I know they they want to give us something to do they want to have a a flashy you know, comic book-esque action scene with all the heroes and villains battling each other, um, which for some reason we didn't get here, but whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, that, that didn't work. Yeah. So the, the promo fight was pretty badass. Like, when they started it, you know, it started off with all these fallen heroes. You get to see, and they call it Earth 90, which is hilarious yeah. because 1990 Flash. And yeah. so we get to see John Lewis ship in his old Flash outfit. Fighting against this dude, you know, show who he is, and you see him run away trying to escape. And that's how it starts. And I was like, all right, cool, you're gonna see the story. And then the show starts with a big twist where characters switch places, they do a Freaky Friday. Well, they keep mentioning Freaky Friday as a joke or Quantum Leap. Yeah. Um, but you know, if it's Quantum Leap, as you say, you know, if you look in the mirror, you'll see yourself, blah, blah, blah. Right? right. Uh, although, you know, to be honest, I've never watched Quantum Leap. That not because oh, no, I never yeah. wanted to, but it's just, I don't know, at, at the time when I was young, that show just didn't click with me. So one right. of these days I really uh, should check it out. So I didn't show, get that uh, reference uh, to I, it with the mirror. Yeah, no, right, exactly. But it's a show I liked a lot, I remember. Um, uh, the finale is weird as hell and kind of dumb, but uh, yeah, it's a decent enough show. I could see a remake coming. Right. I was I was figured it was like such a, a great show, like, you know, like one of the great sci-fi shows ever, that kind of stuff. Though. It was a it was a good sci-fi show for for what it was trying to do, but yeah, it was the actual central premise was real. Like when it, when the final was really going down, it's like wow, this is real silly and ridiculous. Show. By the way, it's <laughs> a good show because right. the leading man, like Scott Bakula, he's pretty good in that. Yes. yes. Anyway, right. So anyway, uh, so Elseworlds, right? So yes, touch of the Freaky Friday stuff. So what happens is that um that uh Oliver Queen of Arrow, or AKA Arrow or the Green Arrow, wakes up. And he's, he finds himself in the same apartment that um, Miguel Iris West is. So he learns that, oh shit, he's, he's actually, well, he's, he's Barry now. You know, he's Barry Allen. And while Barry, on the other hand, is in Star City, and he, well, he's treated with, um, with, um, with Diggle, with John Diggle. He's like, oh shit, you know what's going on? So they both realize that they not only are they in different cities, but they swap rules. Oh. Well, no, right. but how you know, how you know this universe so different is that Iris can actually make pancakes now. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Iris can pancakes. I did not pick up on that. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, that is true, that is true. And even yeah. touch on that in, in the season of, of Flash where she's trying to make some pancakes and it yeah. didn't work. It looked like shit, yes. Yeah. Which was the one with the, with the lightning bolts. Yeah, that was funny, that was funny, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Um. so eventually Oliver, well... Oliver ticket that he's Barry and Barry ticket that he's Oliver confront right. each other and they realize okay something's wrong we try to figure what it is while all this is going on you know there's this weird kind of wedding um and um some sort of weather anomaly going on you know the the sky is looking kind of purplish or pinkish reddish kind of way um there's lightning bolts over the place all that kind of stuff um eventually the team members of well team our own team flash kind of pick up on what's going on and 
Well, it it took uh, well mm-hmm. the well both Barry and um and Oliver decide to get help. So they go to is it thirty two or is it thirty nine? It's thirty no, it's it thirty eight, right? Yeah, it's thirty eight where um Supergirl is and right. props props for using somebody gave <laughs> yeah. me that intro yeah. song that we that we know and love from Smallville. When I heard yeah, that, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll fuck with this. That hard. Yeah. That hard, right? yeah. <laughs> and here we see what because I was always wondering since um we last saw Superman in um season three of Supergirl, what's he up to? So right. we, 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 we um we right. get the we get the answer to that basically. He's well, like, the same, Early in the season for Supergirl, because I've actually been really enjoying the season of Supergirl for the most part. Me too, me too. Uh, I've been enjoying it as well. I love the, the plot awesome. with Captain Pretty, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, they more or less explain what, what Superman was up to with this. So, right. Uh, okay. They kind of just validate it here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So basically, um, well, Clark, if you will, um, and Lois, uh, well, they just basically hanging out at the at the um. At the, the, the farmhouse, basically. Well, that's where they introduced. Um, and Supergirl is there. And, of course, Barry and all of them have to explain what's going on. That's in the Flash episode, right? And then it continues yeah. on into Arrow. And I love how they open this episode of Arrow. Because if you've been following Arrow, well, I know you don't watch right. Arrow. But, which, by the way, has been going great, in my opinion. I've been enjoying the hell out of season seven. Because I tell myself, all right, Oliver Queen and Jill. How are they going to make this thing work? Uh, because no, I, you know, they, was, they had that instance in, in Flash where you know Barry was in jail for like three episodes. How are they gonna make that work? Well, three or four, right. but how are you gonna make right. it work for like half of a season? And yeah, they make it work, they really make the no, show yeah. work. I, I, I was following, I was following what's going on with that, um, just to keep abreast of certain things so you know I, I could clearly follow what's going on in terms of some of the facts, um, of this, but that's about it, yeah. So I love how they use the same opening, which is my name is Oliver Queen. After six right. years in, in prison, blah, 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 blah. Yes. But in this case, right. he used Grant Gustin's, uh, yeah. well, not his face, but him himself. Yeah. Yeah, he put this. A lot of fans was actually enjoying Barry I am Grant I love Gustin. that. I love that, that opening. That opening alone get points for me. From me. Right. A lot of a lot of fans, a lot of fans actually like Grant Gustin as, as um, Green Arrow. They're actually enjoying him as Green Arrow. Uh, but, but my thing is that, um, sorry, Grant Gustin, way too scrawny for me to take seriously. Um, is, is, every time is I see his, him, his head looks in the like, in the, like, uh, like compared to, um, compared to, to, um, Steve, um, Stephen Amell, sorry, yeah. you see, like, like when he puts on the hood, you know, he, like it doesn't fully cover his face, though. It's like yeah. his, um, it's like Grant's face just kind of sink into the, to the hood, basically. Exactly. It's too big well, for him, I, I, that's I, I, what I'm exactly. No, right, exactly. The hoodies look terrible. In fact, as far as I consider, he's basically evil Kermit to me, you know. That basically <laughs> what, you know, that evil Kermit meme. Yeah, basically... yeah, yeah, Right, so we learn that a certain John Deegan, who is a, um, a doctor at, um, at Arkham Asylum, uh, was, was given a book by this yeah. mysterious um, extraterrestri- uh, extraterrestrial called Ma Novu, or as he calls yep. himself, the Monitor. And basically, yep. what he opens that book and he uses, you know, his mind, you know, sheer will, he could pretty much rewrite reality however he sees fit. Right. So at yeah. first it's like, all right, I'm going to swap these characters and see what happens. But in this case, well, when we go into Supergirl now, I'm not going to see what happens at that point. You know, right. he, well, he's told early on, you know, think big and he actually does that. I love how Supergirl right. intro opens there because I was wondering if we're going to get the, my name is, you know, um, right, right, right. Tara and all that kind of stuff. But I like how they flip it here. It's it's reminds me a lot of, um, like what, 
Legends of Tomorrow do, where right. every once in a while you will hear, if not one of the Legends see something, it might be a bad guy. Like I remember when, um, when I think it was Malcolm Merlin or one of those characters or um, yeah, yeah. did the intro for one of the episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you do something yeah, similar yeah. like that with, um, with Supergirl. Now. Reverse, I remember Reverse Flash did one, I think. That was when he was All the right, villain. I, 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 I think it was him. Yeah, it was Reverse Flash. And yeah. That was when everything had changed and he had to go back to yeah. change stuff, right? When, right. Oh, when the true. Legion of Doom. That was the Legion right, of so Doom episode. Character, right. right. The character, um, the character uh, is Dr. Destiny from the comics. Now, Dr. Destiny is very rarely referenced in outside of the comics, I, as far as I know. Um, there's one episode of, if I remember correctly, there was one episode of Justice League with him. That was where the Dreaming episode. That was him, I think. Okay, I... Is he, um, that skeletal looking dude, the guy who is dressed in blue, I think it is? Right, 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 right. I remember him now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's something interesting that they do with this show. Well, they have been doing this with this um, with their shows basically, where yeah. they will take kind of characters like you know the costumed villains and heroes and more or less make them more human, make them look more human. Case in point, yeah. uh, Manchester Black um, in Supergirl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've that. been loving that dude for. I, 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 I've been loving that dude for Supergirl. They, they, they nailed yeah, that. He's a fella. badass, by the way. I, I love his character. <laughs> One gripe I have with, with, with him, though, is that, um, yes, we know you're from England. You don't, you don't need to, to have that shit with the Royal Jack all the time, though. Like, well, that's, that's the character. <laughs> no, 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 but that's the character design. Like, that's how you always like, like that. You need big changes his race. He, he, he black now, but like, he black British, so it's not a problem now. Yeah, 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 but that's basically especially how he keeps the accent and everything. I love that. Yeah, he's a character of the Union Jack, and he have roughly the same arc in terms of like how to think about crime and and his attitude towards crime. Um, yeah. anyway, going back right. to it, uh, so, one story short is just, um, it's just, of course, um, it's our heroes that is Supergirl, Arrow, and um, and Flash trying to figure out what's going on. And in the process, I forgot to mention, last thing I forgot to mention, um, they do find themselves in Gotham City, which I'll bring up right. a little bit later on. And we are introduced to Ruby Roseboy, a.k.a. Batwoman. Yeah, yes. So, yes. So let's jump uh, into one time. Um, Ricardo? Yeah. Um, I like this a lot. I had a lot of fun with it, but they could have do more with this. I, thought, I agree. I, I totally ep- agree. Yeah, episode one was solid. Right, I thought that was a good intro to, to the material, but then I, I thought they they had a letdown with episode two, um, mostly because they cheap out on all the action. That's the problem with it. Yeah. That's pretty much the problem with episode two. They, they brought it like episode one was great because they, they had Amazo to fight. I mean, come on, they had freaking Amazo to fight. That was pretty. Awesome. I know, right? character. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Doctor Ivor's android or the Amazo robot, where basically it's this robot that could copy any powers it see and. They copied all of their powers, and Superman, Supergirl, uh, Flash, and Arrow had to take all of them down, and I thought that was great what they did with that. Um, then, the second episode, they, they basically, well, okay, so the second episode, the purpose of the second episode was to show, well, the CW have all these, these characters again. Because yes. Gotham is ending, I think they pretty much got back all these characters, and the implication is that Batwoman... And well, we're gonna start. A, I don't think we could get Batman and Robin just yet, but they have Batwoman, so they're gonna basically just do a full fledged Batwoman series. And yes. because Titans, I think, from what I understand, because Titans has Robin and Titans has Batman, we're not gonna um, get that just yet. And but because the movie people shit the bed with their movies, they now have a chance to say, okay, well, we have the chance to do this stuff in 
um, in in the TV show full, full fledged now. And I think CW, from what I understand, CW might get an outright full Superman show. Um, and we'll get a Batwoman show as well, which I pretty welcome in. Right? Now, let's talk about Ruby Rose for a second. Yes. Uh, well, a lot of people lo- loving Ruby Rose. I like in Ruby Rose, but I don't love in Ruby Rose. And Ruby Rose have the same problem Ruby Rose has. Ruby <laughs> Rose has presence, good screen presence, but not yes, a particularly does. not a particularly good actress in my opinion. Um, I- I'll say my problem is that she just don't have any chemistry to anybody just yet. I thought they although, would have done. Although they were trying a thing with with Supergirl, I like that. I like the. But then again, it's because it's Melissa Benoit, and she could exactly. outshine like all the nearly all the, the female. Um, sorry, outshine nearly all the actresses in in the the Arrowverse anyway. So yeah, all the actors, all the actors. Period. Like Melissa Benoit, I put like pretty high up in the ranking of, of best actors in the Arrowverse for me. Um, yeah. and she was pulling up the entire scene, and Ruby yeah. Rose was just too flat. And I know they they're trying to play her. Well, the, the grounded Batman kind of thing, and it trying to more or less do the exact same thing with this, with with what to do with with Melissa Ben with Supergirl by having her not not be Supergirl particularly particularly unique, but she more feels like a female Clark Kent, um, yes. for the most part. Uh, but they just they, she uh, sorry, but um, Ruby Rose just don't have particularly good good chemistry to anybody. Um, and then as Batwoman, I thought it could have done more by having her be relevant to the story, because she wasn't particularly relevant to this, in my opinion. Superman yeah, was relevant. She, she, was, she was just there, like, hey guys, yeah. Batwoman coming soon. And right. that, that, that was what disappointed me because I thought she right. would have been in the Supergirl um, thing, but she was, right. but it was just nearing in the end before we, we cut the credits. I was like, what? Really? And I thought that was pretty. And I thought they would have it real central with that episode and they would have done more with it, but they didn't really do anything with her. They just have her come in to do some action, um, and it wasn't that much. Um, that much action on its own. Uh, it had a bunch of name droppings in in the when they went to Arkham to the show. Yeah, Riddler. Which, was, which was clever. Like you saw, you saw Riddler, you Cobble saw Cobble. Cobblepot. They even throw right. in Mark Guggenheim. I was like, okay, right, right, that's what I said. <laughs> right, right. uh, <laughs> um, that, that was cool. That was a nice little Easter egg thing. Um, but on the subject of that, just want to talk about this briefly about um about Batwoman, right? So this yeah. sequence where where you see her like actually fighting and duking it out, right? Um, yeah. explains to the Arkham Asylum, so many prisoners escape, so trying to apprehend them, right? This one shot, though, like, you know, like, I, I was glad that you, we didn't have the goofy moments, but this had to throw in one goofy moment, and that was when Batwoman jumped on top of this truck, right? Where right. this guy, who we'll talk about near the end, if you want to talk spoilers, yeah. was trying to escape, right? Yeah. And the driver looks up and says, Ah! Yeah, and I'm yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what? I didn't, for didn't mind that. Dress like that? <laughs> yeah. Ah! No, but, uh, for me, um, for me, her, I like her outfit. Um, yeah, me too. I like her. I, I like it. The, I wanted to see her has to grow on me, but, um, well, when, well, I mean, grow on me because you had a kind of savage, okay, well, they're trying to hide their identity, so why, why, why with a wig, though? Well, I, I don't mind the I don't mind the wig thing. That's fine. Like, it's fine. Because, because to me, that actually more. You, you really don't get a sense that, oh, well, it's... Yeah, but we're kind of pointless when you think about it. Okay, because there's a back, thing, back. Yeah, it's, it's not like... It's like glasses with Supergirl. It's a wig dread. Like, you take your time yeah. to put a wig on before you go and Well, fight. it's part of the cowl, eh? It's just part of the cowl as a wig. So I don't really mind the wig, really, necessarily. It's fine. I okay. mean, it, yeah. it, it, is look, it looks like really here, so it's like... You could, it could be actually more distracting and thinking who should be the Batwoman. So yeah. you don't know who the Batwoman is. That's fine. Um, whatever. 
Um, plot-wise, they made they, well in the comic. This is uh, this is the case as well. She's the cousin on the mother side, Cat Kane. Yes. I'm sorry, Kate Kane. Uh, so I was like, all right, fine, cool. They do they do that. I like that. Um, I get that they play in the kind of grounded nature to everything. Now here's what I want them to do with this with the outfit and how she's fight, right? They they should do the thing like okay, one of the few things I like in Batman with Superman. Remember the opening scene with Batman where he's crawling the walls and they have no idea what the fuck going on with that. Yes. Like their perspective is just this monsters like zooming about the place. They should do more of that. So, you see, one of the big problems is the action in these shows. And with, with Batman, I can't see her really, like, being in full-fledged action. Um, all they do is, like, Titans, which will be great, you know, because I've been enjoying Titans. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not feeling her as Batwoman uh, because it's because she had to hold up a whole show. That's the problem now. And they should have shown more people around her. Like, remember they mentioned... How there's somebody in work in Wayne Tech working with me, blah blah blah, and it's implied that is Lucius Fox, but it could be Lucius Fox's son who's Batwing, and he could be a good side character to bring him in, um, because again, you know, it's not you don't have any of the Robins and you don't have any of the uh, and you don't have Batman to work with, but you have Batwing and and her, so they could have him as a good side character maybe, but they ain't really doing anything that she ain't do nothing to say away, but I'm real excited for her show yet. No, they yeah, did a thing. I, I would agree. I would they, agree. Yeah. Now, they did something, a big, a big plot reveal with Superman. And if they do that with his show, I'll be really excited for his show. Um, we, we mentioned it at the end of, of the, the, the thing, right? Um, yeah. But I don't I, I just my thing. A problem is Ruby Rose. <clears throat> I, I'm just going to keep saying it. It's a reason why her best role is in John Wick 2. She didn't talk. She just carefully read them lines so good. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, like you, you, I, I mean, I really do have to agree with you. Like, you know, presence is there. It's cool seeing her in the Arvus and whatnot, but it's just something about the delivery of the lines. So like, you know, you just didn't really fully buy into it. Like, just it just yeah. like you really felt like she was just reading lines. Like, she just needs yeah. more of a personality. And, you know, because of these shows already, you, yeah. they could set up characters rather quickly. You know what I mean? Even yeah. without the without you having to remember, oh, well, this is how she is in the comics, blah blah blah. Yeah. But in here, it's just oh, well, she's because of this, and you know, Batman left. And one thing I like about that, maybe, okay, so I'm probably late to the party here, but I would say that it greatly justified this, right? Um, now I kind of justify that um, this is in the same universe as the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, that, I would like, to think, I would like to think that when they say, well, Batman disappeared, that was right. after the end of, of Dark Knight Rises. Uh, yeah, exactly. I would like I to think that. And I, I would think about, well, well, when, well, remember Dark Knight Rises was 2012, and then from right. there was Aaron, all that kind of stuff. So it makes sense. It's like a nice right. trajectory. Right. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. But anyway, uh, Ruby, they needed to do more with Ruby Rose for me to win, win me over. I, I, again, her show, they still have more enough time to build a show up properly and do a proper show. Um, you know, it, it, I could expect it to be good, because if they, especially if they get all the good Batman villains and make it work. Um, I could see it happening, but we will see. Um, yeah. Well, um, also another part in terms of the the whole you know Dark Knight trilogy crossover, we get to see the side effects of uh, of Scarecrow's gas, right? Which he uses right. Batman begins. Um, and a cool yeah. scene, by the way. I, I love how they set it up, even though they had to. Although they did a little too much of oh, character says this, and then oh, it's really all of us seeing this and back and forth, right? Right. <clears throat> Um, but it made for a cool fight scene, I would say. It was the fight. And, and say what you want about Arrow. Hate it as much as you want to. They always come through good with solid fight choreography. And this scene, right. Flash and Arrow fight together, was fight each other, 
was excellent. And then, of course, well, the you know them seeing each other as um, both Eobard Thorn and um, right. and, Ma- and Mark, Mark Millen. I thought that was like a nice cameo as well. We also see um, Mains Master from from Dark Knight Rises. I was like, well, what? Okay. Yeah. So once again, you do justify any fact that yeah, this is right after Dark Knight Rises. I love that. Um, yeah. Well, it's way well. Okay, overall, I right. think that the... It, they do a couple the, things. Yeah, they do a couple things that was kind of weird. So, like, um, they had, they had I think, Nora Freeze in it, and she used the cold gun. I was like, okay, right. Yeah, like that, a, that came, she's supposed to be that story? came completely out of nowhere, Jared. Okay. And it's only in, in a little piece of the intro, Supergirl was like, oh, so that's why she's so messed up, or that's why she's in Arkham Asylum. I was like, but why is she there? Well... Where's the husband? You know what I mean? Right. But then, if you think about the husband, then you have to think about um, Gotham, because yes, Victor Freeze is an arrow. Sorry, is it Gotham now? So I'm like, well, okay. was he point to have any wife be in the asylum? I don't understand this, but. Yeah, it was on Twitter. Yeah. And that's yeah, true, yeah. because they needed somebody for, for Killer Frost to fight. I was like, but right. nobody else only could have picked. Come on. But yeah, right. but um, I do agree with you. It is, it is a decent um, uh, crossover. A fine, but they really could have done more with it. Uh, well, I do like the comedic moments, if you want to call it that, with um, Stephen Amell and Grand Gasset. Yeah. So they were great. I felt like they, they played, yeah. like they had a, too much of those moments. A um, right. couple of those scenes really work, like, um, oh gosh, the opening of Supergirl, where the bad guy, we're not going to see who it is, did something, and then afterwards, Flash is feeling bad about it. He's like, oh shit, I'm going to feel sick. Oh, that's exciting. No, no, I, oh. I, 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 I actually, again, I make that too. All right, there's a little too much. Like, first couple of episodes was cool, but yes, we get it. You know, it's basically something that's been a recurring theme of these crossovers right. anyway, which is, well, Arrow being the seasoned uh, vigilante and him having to dig in deep and be this dark, brooding hero for him to get yeah. stuff done and Flash basically having to run his way and be optimistic about shit, right? So right. it's that kind of dynamic now. And I like, I like that it continues here to even bring up so they did the first crossover with the treating thing with the uh, arrows. That was cool. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like a, there's a few of the moments it's like, all right, we get it. You know, Barry can't be Oliver and Oliver can't be Barry. Okay, we get well, it. Okay. Along. All right. Where's the video? Come on. <laughs> okay, but as the point of the, um, the scarecrow gas section as well, right? Where yes. the whole point is they, they had to see what they, what they kind of both of them went through memory wise because they, now they have each other's memories because and that gets kind of come flooding to the top because of the scare gas because they are each other in this um because of the book now yeah. and actually like that because the purpose is just to kind of stand in each other's shoes for a while now um yeah, yeah. already understood each other fully um it, 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 one just being the flash and being arrow had to make them think differently in terms of approach and, and perspective i like that they had iris make that now because iris does not like Oliver Queen on the Green Arrow. She doesn't like him at all because of his outlook in life. He's a yes. really dark character. He wanted to quote unquote dig deep, blah, blah, blah. And the whole point of this was to, like, from that perspective, it works eh, thematically. Uh, that it is a big, there's a big character moment for the two of them. So I enjoy that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, um, and the end of this episode. Yeah, a few, few other things before we get to the end then. Uh, some of these side characters as well. Like, I like that we got to see, oh gosh, the, the, the guy that, you know, people like to shit on in Legends of Tomorrow. All that, right, yeah, right. I was like, hey, he had to stop and yeah. see, you know, they're just heroes, legends. I was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Okay. What, what surprised me was your boy, Jimmy, <laughs> being this punk yeah. for Cisco. I was like, oh, right. shit, you do <laughs> that. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Uh, no, I, I but okay. So, with Jimmy, any bullshit, as you see, with, with, um, yeah. gosh, with, um, 
what is the character name? I forget his name. With Guardian. Guardian, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Um, by the way, wait, wait. What have you been? T- uh, wait, what? What do you think about um, how they've been treating Guardian in this new season of Supergirl? Yeah, like I like what they do with that. It's a good way to address yeah. the character and make it work now. Um, yeah. As I said, Legends. Okay, so Legends made fun of the crossover because because a big event in Legends happened. It gives a good excuse as to why they're not in the crossover, and the Gar- Barry Allen, um, Barry thing, um, thing, and uh, Supergirl have been calling them to help out now, and they say no, they don't want to go hard pass, and it, but they explain why, why they don't. Oh, want to okay, okay. Well, so I, I haven't started up- watching. Um, that right. new season of Legends as yet, but um, I will it, check it out. It's kind of weak for me. It's kind of weak, but uh, I enjoy it still. But it's kind of okay. weak, I'll see. Anyway. Um, few other things. Uh, the the bad guy, right? Um, the John guy, right? John Deegan. Um, yeah. I like, you know, the the kind of theater. He has this kind of like Saturday morning cartoon kind of bad guy vibe to him. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. just acting bad. You know what I mean? Which I like. Um, they don't really do much with him in terms of why he's doing all this kind of stuff. It just feels like he's just randomly got chosen to do it. Um, no, well, gonna... They can't explain it. They can't explain it, but again, they could have fleshed it out a little better. But yeah, they can't explain yeah, yeah. it. Um, he wanted to change um, the world because the idea of superheroes is a little ridiculous. And yeah. he had to like, well, he don't think superheroes to fix any world enough for him for his liking. So he decided to change things and well, eventually you see oh, right, well, he does. Right, right. I remember that the little... Um, Oh gosh, the lecture that he did in the in the yeah. well, Flash. I remember that, right? right. But yeah, and then I, Monitor, right? And then Monitor doing it because Monitor have a purpose of making other universes stronger to solve a bigger problems. And well, we'll dies at the end of this one, right? Right. Um, which, 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 which? Sorry, I wish he explored a little bit more. Um, right. Given what what we saw with the Earth Fifty stuff, and yes, I appreciate the cameo from John Wesley Ship. Um, Good night. But, yeah, kind of wanted to see a little bit more of that, though. It was just like, hey, guys, totally I'm here, right? And then he just leaves, yeah. basically. And they just totally waste him. He just, like, just disappear because of Monitor, and Monitor just teleport him away, and, like, wait, kill him? I don't, it was unclear what happened there. Yeah. Um, they didn't um, do anything with him. And this last thing, last before we get to the end, a couple, well, just a couple of other gripes I had. Um, uh, Rainier Quay, who, uh, I mean, the character I've been liking, right? But in Supergirl... Man, oh, man get opportunity, yeah, Brainy. Man, get opportunity to fight a a bad guy. Well, we're not gonna see who it is, and they just instantly off just panel. cut that next scene, John. I was like, yeah, off panel. They totally off panel it. But look, loving the character. Um, there's an early um, episode of Supergirl where he actually has to fight one of the Liberty people. So, sorry, yeah. a group of the Liberty people. I thought that was excellent. Like, I love that. Yeah. The music well, they used for that on point. So, I thought you'd get to see him using physics, quote unquote, to, to fight the bad guy, but nope. Cut that next scene. Nah. So, like, what? Yeah, they didn't show that. Like, like y'all, y'all use the majority of all your budget on Amizo or something, or you on know? the fight I- with. Superman and this other person, which you would reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, man. Give, give, Brady a little, give Brady a little screen time. Yeah, but the budget, 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 budget. Yes. And uh, with, Mar- with Marshall Man Hunter too. Even give him yeah. nothing to do with it. That's oh, the yeah. problem with this. Cheap out. They're all cheap out in the action. Um, yeah, boy. And, and I think this is like what really brings it down because, you know, because we've, we've used to have the big gigantic battle at the very end and it's there, yeah. but... Like I wanted yeah. to see more characters, you know, see more John Diggle, see yeah. see see um 
see Guardian, you know what I mean? See Alex, yeah. see more people. But you know, yeah. it's just the three main heroes doing what they do, and Superman's there, so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now we can get to the actual ending here. Um, I would confess, I had to go up on Wikipedia, I read up who that character was, Kasori Mask, and I was like, I, wait. I oh, no, no, he's yeah, a character who, I forget his name, but he's basically the character who could remember when time changed and when universes changed. So he's not, yeah, he's not he, affected. He is, he is the psycho pirate. I've never psycho heard pirate, of him right. until yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it up. Um, mask? I saw the mask and I was like, oh, yeah, this character is like, oh, he's going to be the, the, the true line then to remember everything. Um, right. But um, dumb question, is he part of the of the Elseworlds story, the original story? So he's not part of Elseworlds, but he is part of the, well, the hype thing they, br- they bring up at the end, which is Crisis on Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earth, yes. Um, which would have me so excited. And one thing I would say, though, because they have five shows, or, well, let's just say six when Batwoman right. you know, comes out, you better do a six-part for this, sir. Eh? Listen, they, yeah, they had to come good for that one, eh? shit. The three they, part of shit, really sad of waiting because there's only so much you can do with three episodes, and we've seen exactly. that here with Elspils. Give we yeah. six episodes, please. Stretch yeah. this thing out, yeah. make it as yeah. badass as possible, please. Right, yeah. I think they have to they do. I'll say, what I'll say is what they, what this was missing was Black Lightning. I find it could have do up, they could have tried to bring any Black Lightning crew for something, but they didn't do that. Next year, they need to have Black Lightning, yes. Um, <laughs> bring in a bunch of characters, make it work. Um, yeah, well, okay, so the big thing I liked at the end, and they brought in, well, the character we didn't mention, but they, they brought her in, which was Lois Lane. Um, I'm not loving her, loving her, but she has the Margot Kidder vibe going for her, so she okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But I then, kind of prefer the Lois from, from, from Smallville and all, so I thought, like, right. she had also a little bit more than, than she did, but this one here, um, her name is Bitsy Tulluk, that's her, um, that's her name, that's her real name. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No. Right. So what they did, they did a thing at the end of this, which, which to me, I if they're doing this for the Superman series, I'm pretty excited for that. Where they um have Lois pregnant. Yeah. Um. With with Clark's child, and it's implied that oh, they're gonna be out of the the running for a while now. Um. Clark gonna be not Superman for a while. You gotta take care of Lois. And when the child born, they're gonna gonna tell the story. And that, like, well, John Kent, that's his son. I want to see that that character because that character is great. And if they do that John Ken storyline with a kid, um, and is is Superman family, so Superman Lois Lane and John Kent, I really want to see that. That I would be excited for if they're doing that as a series. So if they, if that is a Superman series we're getting, I would be excited for that. I hope we we get that. So right. we'll see. Um, yeah. well, boy, yeah. Well, the finale itself was okay. Again, we get to see Monitor in action. They kind of talk about Monitor and Arrow and the arc they imply because yes. in the comic. In the comic for Crisis and Infinite Earth, they do it where, where both Supergirl and Flash are supposed to die. Now, that happens in Crisis and Infinite Earth comic. But they do it in a roughly in a similar fashion of how they die now. But then, right. so Arrow make a decision and decide to switch time. Um, when they get back their powers now. And he changed destiny, quote-unquote, with a special Arrow, apparently, right? Yeah. He got a magic Arrow. Uh-huh. And that was the ending. I was like, alright, well, good. that means they're changing things. And it's implied that, well, Stephen Amell might die. Because they might end off Arrow like that now, or something mm-hmm. like that now. Um, so I'm not I sure mean, what I mean, they mean. Seven seasons, eh? Eventually, eventually, at the end, at some point in time, right? Let me just tell you something. These shows don't last more than ten seasons, so I can see yeah. a, a seven seasons being wrapped up with him now. Uh, yeah. With with Arrow, I can't see more. I how much are we going to do now? Um, how, how, much things, how much things? All of them exactly. go through, but can I man went exactly. through 
real right. shit. In, 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 in this show alone, that man went through real, uh, real hell, John. Right. Um, so, to me, they could start to wrap up this character, no? and then they, they, they could fill up space for two extra shows, because with the Batwoman especially coming in, and Batwoman could be a good replacement for her, in my opinion, because it's the same tone, anyway, no? yeah. um, so we could see that, I don't know. Yeah, all in all, uh, I was a little disappointed in this, not too disappointed, but, but a little disappointed, mostly because they cheap out on the action. Had some moments that had great action, with especially Amazo fight, and he fight with, the, with Superman and another person, and... That's it. They don't have anything else that they could have do more with it. I mean, I could have, I could have do it some more action, and that was about it. They should have do more with Batwoman. I was a little disappointed with her. Um, they just didn't do anything. Like, I, I, yeah. I kind of like her. I don't love her, but I kind of like her. She, can, she has her fan support, so it's not like she don't have support of people hating it necessarily, but I'm not feeling her necessarily. And, well, again, they, need, they should have showed more of her show to show what they're planning to do with her show now. And we already yeah. get that. And I wanted exactly. that. Well, it, it, it still felt like an Arrow episode than, uh, exactly. oh, this is a preview of Batwoman. I, I do right. agree with you. Yeah. I would have liked that. Um, yeah. But it's fine. Well, if it's Arrow episode, so cool. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I, 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 again, I'm disappointed with what they do with John Darcy Ship. They could have done more with him. Um, yeah, right. this... Oh, they had some nice little shout-outs, though. So little shout-outs I like to see. Um, Diggle, say, John, you're not wearing your ring. I like that. So it's implied that Diggle is Green Lantern in one universe. That's great. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick yeah, up. Yeah, that's. That. Um. What else? Um. What else I want to mention, boy? A couple of things. Oh. Um. All right. The one thing I forgot to mention. This. This is one another one of the goofy moments, right? Which is gonna play out a lot better. Uh, during one of the climatic fight scenes, I'm not gonna say with who. Well, just say it involves Superman. Um. A character. Well, he 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 standing right. Well, just say an extra. Sorry sees these characters fighting inside like bust through the, the office that she's in and balls out bizarro right right right, right, like, right. yeah uh, yeah uh, what yeah yeah like, yeah, it, yeah. Nice. like I, I get what he's trying to do but it just was so random and out of place where like they could have done oh, this yeah. way better like who is this person and why like if 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 it was supposed to be like shui right which is the the dumb slang that um Oh gosh, no, uh, Nora is using it in, in, in Flash. Yeah, from Batman Beyond. Yeah, like something like that, but bizarro. Yeah. Like it didn't sound yeah, like yeah, it was a yeah, slap. It sounded like you didn't see a word. You know what I mean? That's, that that doesn't look makes, It makes sense in the context of the fight. That makes sense. Whatever. Um, so kind as of I said, well. <laughs> no, no, I didn't think it was weird. It's, it's, it's fine in the context of the fight. Because the fight, if you know what the fight is, it makes sense. We're not spoiling the fight. Right. Uh, yeah. That's it. Um, I thought it was a great. I thought it was solid. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. Again, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. They need to do that. Sh- um, they need to spend their money on that. Well, from what I understand, Crisis on Infinite Earths supposed to be uh in the summer, not in the fall. Ooh. They mentioned that it's supposed to be. In, they say they say coming. You know, 2019 August. I think I saw that. I'm like, hmm, that's. Summertime, so that means they're trying to time themselves within with Infinity with, with Marvel now or something along ah, those lines. Now. Okay, okay, clever. Yeah, right. Marvel, sorry, Marvel taking that thunder, right? So, yeah, again, I kind of pissed off that they're not doing this in the movies, but whatever, the movies shit in the bed, so let the movies take their, take their time. Um, whatever, fine. Um, yeah. but the TV people, I like what they're doing, and well, that's about it. I uh, don't nothing else to really talk about with this. I, yeah, well, well, if I if fine. I can read it, um strong three and a half out of five man i mean it's it's entertaining right. enough 
I mean, your favorite characters are there. You'll love to see them on screen anyway. Really could have done more given the nature of the story. But yeah. if this is just the prelude to Crisis on Infinite Earths, then right. all right, I guess right. I'll have to stick with this. So yeah. I hope, I hope they, learn, they learn that lesson. They just watch and say, okay, um, you know, we, we could have do more with this. And I get the feeling they, they, they wanted to do more with this. So, But it really cut some corners with it again, budget. But they could, I hope they save up the money or they get money from some other DC property or whatever it is. Instead of spending too much energy on the movies, and they really come good with that crisis on Infinite and really sit down with the writing and make it work. I really, really hope, hope that with next year. They have a whole year to do that. So cool. Exactly. Um, so, another 10 for me as well. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's fine. Cool. streaming platform if you will so now we're going to talk um well we're, we're on netflix now so um i'll be sorry so we'll be talking about roma um which is yeah. a mexican film directed and written by alfonso Cuaron. um you may know him as director of um probably one of the the, the most beloved harry potter um films the prisoner of azkaban right. uh, but yeah. he made two of my all-time favorite movies the first being children of men from 2006 and my favorite movie of 2013, and I stand by it, Gravity. Yes, I know yeah. okay. there were some okay. some cheesy moments in it. Well, say cheesy or moments that kind of don't make sense logically or scientifically, right. or whatever. It's just there, you know, dramatic reasons and whatnot. You know, her using the um, oh gosh, the um, fire extinguisher. You know that like that. But I still love that movie though. Um, from a technical perspective. Yeah. From the simple bare bones narrative and just the ambition behind it as well, you know what I mean. So totally yeah. love Gravity. Uh, so with Roma here, um, well I'll I'll do the review here. So I didn't see any trailers from it. I just read a couple of reviews of it, just glance over them, and many people were saying that this was the best movie of 2018, hands down. Nothing else could top this, right? Yeah. And instantly, from from the little clips and stuff that I saw, and just from what I picked up from the narrative. I was thinking that this was kind of like a Federico Fellini kind of film, you know, something where Alfonso kind of goes back, to, goes back to the past, you know, reflects on when he was young, you know, growing up and just life through his eyes now. And essentially, this is what this movie here is about, right? It's a semi-autobiographical take on his, um, on his life now when he was younger. And I'm, I'm assuming that the youngest boy, because I think it's three boys and two girls, um, yeah. 
or one gil, I think it's two gils, I think it is, right? But I think the youngest boy is supposed to be Alfonso, right? Or something like that. Um, but what I like here, just jumping into the story, that it's not about him. We're not seeing the world through his eyes. It's actually through the life of, um, well, through the experiences, you should say, of this housekeeper who um, takes care of them, right? Um, it's a middle-class family in Mexico City. The area yeah. that they're in is called Roma, hence the title, right? And it's in the yeah. early 70s. So we're basically seeing a year in the life of these characters. So it's from 1970, 1971. So um, this housekeeper, um, her name is Cleo. Yeah. So she is one of two of the maids that, that, um, that you know, help out around the place, right? So she has her own, well, she and the other maid lives in this, um, well, basically it's this large house, but they live in a certain section of the house. Now. Well, basically outside the house, right? And um, basically, she's she's the one who kind of takes care of the of the family more. You know, she always making sure that everything um the you know they always um there's breakfast available and all that kind of stuff. And she's seeing how their lives are. Um, and in terms of the the life of the family, basically is that um, well the patriarch of the family. Um, I forgot he was a doc. I think he was a doctor or something like that. But um, basically, well, well, when we introduce to him, he's preparing to to go to well, actually fly out to go to Quebec. Um, to do some Quebec. kind of yeah, um, some stu- it's a lecture or something like that. I think he was doing something along, yeah. along that line, right? Um, the wife is a little hesitant about it. She's like, I don't know. Uh, her name is Sophia, by the way, and she, but she's like, all right, fine, you know, because yeah, we have to we have to bring in money, right? You know, it is, and I don't want to get any way of that. So cool, you do your thing, right? So over the next few months, um, the mother realizes that um, well. He really, she's she not really hearing from him, you know, what's going on. And then eventually we learn, well, yeah, he, he kind of, you know, slack off now. He kind of, you know, um, shine away from the family. You know, it's, it's alleged that he's having, a, um, having an affair, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, it's, how, so it's how Cleo kind of finds herself involved in what's going on as well, too, because she's kind of observing what's going on there. Um, at the same time, there is the friend of... Well, sorry, her friend. Well, the 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 second maid. Sorry, um, yeah, a friend of hers ends up becoming her boyfriend actually. And the way how his character is like pretty weird, but I I kind of chalk it up to uh, masculinity. So he's like real obsessed with with martial arts, now, right? So in one scene which really caught me off guard, I was like, okay, this is this is artsy, yeah. but I could accept it. It's art um, in a way. Him <laughs> yeah. doing this kata basically, but he's yeah. naked, like front naked, yeah. right? And she's in the bed just all like watching in amazement, right? But he's so deep in what it is he's doing that, you know, he, he doesn't even mind being scoffed at or laughed at. This is what he's passionate about, right? But it seems to me as if he's just looking for something, like a cause, something to, to kind of be part of, right? right. And right. Later on, when, they, um, when they reveal that, that was pretty dark in its own way. Eh? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because we learn that he is part of this bigger group. And when we do see what the bigger group is involved in, it's like, okay, this is... This is in yeah. some dark territory, right? Yeah. So essentially, yes, the movie is about Cleo. Um, and just to jump in the review here one time, right? So I'm not going to say who the person is, but I have seen or I have been in a house where there was a maid there. And um, like the first time I saw it, right? Uh, really upper class place, by the way, right? In Port of Spain. It caught me completely by surprise, though, because like I, I don't want to be an idiot and think that no, there, are, there aren't any households in Trinidad that have maids, basically. But in my mind, I was telling myself, like, how would, how would, I wonder how it would feel to, to, to 
be like that, to have a job like that, right? Basically clean up after everybody who could pretty much do this stuff on their own. But I don't know, yeah. it's just like you had to have like a level of pride in a sense, like you know you're just doing the best <laughs> job you could. But I don't know, it's just something to me like like if I ever become rich one day, I really can't see myself having a major. Me even if like me even if I mill upper class or upper class, I just I, in, 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 is a I mean stuff like that historically is a thing and, and because Mexico history in terms of classism and well yes. you know so, so she's she's native, so that's yeah. a whole story by itself. Um, just just that. That's just the, the, the kind of the I won't say racial politics of it, but just the kind of the societal general narrative of Mexico in particular. Um, yes, yes. So I didn't think about it in that sense. It's like, yeah, that is, you had a maid. If you had a maid and the maid was uh, taken because she needed a job, as the only yeah. job she could get, she's not educated. Stuff like that now. Yeah. Uh, what, what I do like, though, however, is that the family does treat her with respect. You know, even the kids yeah. and all, you know, love her. You know, it's like they, she is, she is the, the, the second mother, if you will, right? And then later on, it becomes exactly that, you know, in some really emotional moments, you know. Um, but I do love the, the family dynamic between, you know, Cleo and the family, how she becomes part of the family, even though she, you know, she wants to live her own life as well, you know what I mean? She, uh, her mother kind of um, persuades her to, you know, just to do other stuff, you know, just to live her life and not just always be up under this family all the time, right? Which which I really appreciate it. Um, but before I get into like the the, the the big stuff about the show, uh, Ricardo, honestly, your thoughts on Roma. I want to hear what you think about it first. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, you know what it reminds me of? is is a mix between... In my head, it was it, it reminds me of two films. Um, so it reminds me a little bit of Rules of the Game. Right. And it reminds me a little bit of... Okay, there's a film about 10 years ago, or a little before 10 years ago... Uh, you ever you know you know have a film called Milka Sorrow? You know that film? No. Okay, um, so you who, a little bit. Milka Sorrow is about a, a woman, a, a native maid who had she had her own drama and storytelling. I think now the story is totally different. What they do with Milka Sorrow? Milka Sorrow kind of fucked up when you think about it. Whatever. Um, but you remember that in terms of the whole class native white maid stuff now. Um, so you remember that a little bit um, in terms of like what a, a person from that. Native um, native heritage stuff going through in a Latin American country, um, and yeah, it just um, shot composition was really good in this. Holy shit! Oh yes, I'll, uh, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. great, great scene in a cinema in particular. I really liked um, on just where stuff in the frame is. Um, yes. I was wondering if it, what does it look like if it was in color. Um, not sure if it would have been a better film, but the black and white does. Serve uh, yeah, the, the the black and white works perfectly with this film at least in my opinion because it has this kind of you know um yeah like you look at your photo album you know you look at that's it like oh like remember back in that era when you know when we had cars or when we had cars like this or when people dressed like that it has that feel that authentic authenticity it does feel like it does feel like um you know somebody just take a bunch of stills and you know collage a narrative around that um yeah that was great um how it how it filmed itself the ending is great. I like. Um, there's a really, really heartbreaking scene, um, and then it follows up quite well in terms of character depth, and uh, where, where characters, the internal mindsets of characters. Um, yeah, Furman is the guy who's the boyfriend. He's a shitbag, and you find out how. Yeah, one oh one. yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, boy. That, that man, that man pissed off, boy. Yeah, he's a shitbag. I'll talk about him too. <laughs> like, it, like it started a shitbag, then it, it escalated to be the shitbag, and then it culminated to be the shitbag in three scenes. 
Uh, yep. We did. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, but I, I just thought this was a such solid character work. Um, just a great character piece. It start off strong. They do this this great. I don't know what what it meant necessarily thematically, but they had this great shot with the plane in the distance. Like they have a plane playing out in the background. So yes. you open it with the, with the reflection and the tiles and then the, the thing up in the sky and they show the plane flying up. It's a great shot yeah. with the water. With her washing, washing some tiles and then yeah, the plane play out and then they show the plane in a part with, well, involving some guy in a desert out in the desert, some martial arts. And then the last shot in the movie with the plane. Well, it's late in the movie, it had this plane again. I was like, okay, I didn't, I noticed it, but I didn't notice for some yeah, reason, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, yeah, it is thematic, but um, I guess it's up to the audience uh, to figure it out. Right. Um, it had dogs in this movie for some reason. Like, dogs were everywhere. Dogs, yeah. dogs, dogs. Um, and, and, and who always have to clean up dog shit because, right. yeah, it's yeah. this running gag of, um, of dog shit in the driveway. So every time yeah. the, the, the car coming inside, you know, car wheel always had to run over, you know, a, yeah. a, 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 a lump of turd, basically, right? Every time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have this involvement with the, with the size of the car and the driving, which is hilarious to me. Yes. Uh, the, the wife, the wife in, in terms of driving, because she like the father like perfectly driving her, but it's like, yeah, this car is obscenely, obscenely wide for this thin ass, small ass driving. Yeah. Um, but they had started later. But then think about the type of car that they drive into, eh? you know, um, impressions and all that stuff. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, I just think they did a great job with, with, um, with, with just this, this narrative and, 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 uh, Cleo as a character, she she really works. She holds the film together. Um, she's very interested. You're really concerned. That one part that had me, you know, on on the edge of a seat, where involving some currents, as yes. well. See, um, yeah, had me in the edge of my seat too. But... Right, I thought yeah. that was uh, that was coming, uh, but it, it resolved itself. And I agree. And it's a great shot. Eh? How it does it with respect to the light and the sun in the background. I was like, oh, yes, 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 it is. Um, yeah, I I I love this movie. I really, really love this movie. Um, it really works quite well for the most part. Um, and yeah, I, I can't really say I have any major problems with it. My, it, my, it ranks quite high in my head now. Uh, more right. and more think about um, Yeah, just solid, solid film overall. All right. Well, well here's, the thing, here's the thing with me, right, with, with this show. Um, as the show started, love the opening shot. This is probably one of the best opening shots yeah. of 2018 hands down right um and i love how it's set up you know the the tiles um the use of you know the soapy water and how it just keeps splashing um yeah. this coming on well just splashing onto the onto the the floor basically no music being played and then in yeah. that reflection you see that that door and then also you see well doorway basically you know to the outside and that shot of the plane flying out re, uh, reflected as well i love that right um and while the, 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 the plane thing is open to interpretation, um, the water thing I, I pretty much picked up on, right? Because there is this running theme of this, this running motif of water, whether it's yeah. washing of clothes or in um, Cleo's case, well, yeah, her being, um, she ends up getting um, knocked up actually by that same douchey fella. Um, and then yeah. eventually her water breaks, you know what I mean? And then that climatic scene, which I'll get to, um, her in the in the ocean, basically, right? So always this running team um, team about water and all that um, that stuff, which I really do love. Um, even one scene in particular, which I didn't expect, which was a, a scene which ironically takes place at um, at uh, this this old year's night party. There's a fire that takes place in the in the forest or wherever it is, and, the, right. and everybody's like That's, saying, "Yo, we need I, to get water, invest water." You know what I mean? So that was that, funny. Uh, that whole section. 
of the, the well is a vacation. Yeah. That remember rules of the game. Ah, okay, okay, right, right. Where um well I haven't seen that movie in a long while actually, but yeah, people come to a party and then weird things right. happen. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, right. And then everybody goes yeah. outside because something goes on there. Right. I remember right. that. Yeah. Um, but the movie it I, I would say this, it is a slow burn. So people who yeah. do like slow burn movies would not like this movie at all. I don't want to say it's a full art movie, art house movie, yeah, but they are right. few artsy things in it, right? Which totally it understand. Have, they don't have really one scene I was like, all right, I, I would I won't tell I didn't like that actually. Is involving this guy in our outfits. I yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, and well, I don't want this this is like this a minor gripe, but they see it in the intro actually where they say um certain dialogue will be will be um Certain line. Well, sorry. Um, the Mexican dialogue I take with this will be subtitled, but right. the non-Mexican dialogue, non-Spanish dialogue will not be. So yeah. yeah, there's a moment where that guy is singing, right? And I, like I was picking up at it, I was like, okay, clearly that's not Spanish. But I wish I knew what he was singing. Singing, singing. Right. Sorry, because it would have added a lot more context to what was going on. And then also to another minor little gripe too is that there's certain events that take place, like certain aspects of mexican history so because i am not versed in these things i didn't really know what was going on like the event happens and you, you understand what's going on but i wish that i knew like the historical context of it i'll be like oh okay that's why it's a big deal and now i could kind of understand why alfonso would put that into the movie why that would why that probably impacted him so much but that's right. gripes for me that those are the only two gripes that i had um, but as far as the slow burn goes, I just found myself more and more infested. I was intrigued in what was going on, you know. I wanted, like, even even when there were moments where I kind of felt tired, but I just really went back to make sure that I picked up on what was going on. And, yeah, just the more invested in it I got, uh, the more invested I got into the movie, the more I really appreciated it. And then at the very end, I was like, I love this movie. I really do. But here's yeah. the key why I really love this movie so much, right? It's the purse. It's how personal it is, Duan. It's coming from somebody like Alfonso Cuaron, right? Who have done mainly, you know, um, commercial films, right? This, right. like you were saying, it reminded me of Rules of the Game, right? Uh, for me, this reminded me of, uh, well, even though I would call him a commercial director, um, legendary Swedish director, late great Ingmar Bergman. Made a movie called oh, Fanny and Alex- um, Fanny and Alexander, right? Which was basically like him looking back at when he was young and you know um, as a kid, you know, growing up in that time, basically. So it has a kind of feel now where it's just moments being played out. It's not really like a real narrative. It's just mem- it's like a memoir, basically, just things that happen, yeah. but they all connected by characters. Basically. That's really what drives this film. It's the characters that drive this film. It's not a story that's really being told it's experiences and the way how it's told yeah you, you become part of these experiences here um the directing and cinematography omfg this is some of the best direction best cinematography i've seen in a movie like in ages though like every shot literally every shot is so impeccably framed though. like there's something that you're just focusing on, even if there's nothing going on in the shot, there's always something there where you're looking at it like, God damn, yeah. that's that's well framed though. And you know, you could tell this is like a um, 
you know, conscientious using your term, you know, director involved. This is somebody who knows his art, who knows his craft. He's not just doing this to show off, right? Like, like there's long takes, for example. I know he's a man who loves long takes. If you've seen Sharon and Men and, um, and Gravity. But here yeah. he uses them in such a dramatic way where it's like, it doesn't feel like it's a gimmick. It feels like, it, it, it feels organic now, like it's part of the movie, like it's telling something. And now I'll get to the, the climax, right? So, I was in my, in my head, I was like, all right, I hope this show ends strong enough because I don't want it to just end like, oh, well, this was a year in the life of this family, the end. Give me the best the year, whatever. But then that climatic scene happens, which basically is her trying to save two of the kids from, um, from um, drawn in. Yeah. And the way how it shot, the intensity of it, without the use of music, by the way, but just the intensity of the performances. And then, of course, you know, just how everything is framed and put together, the camera movement, how slow it is. And how it ends, that moment ends with the family just huddled together, though. That was the yeah. moment that really hit me, though. That was when I was like, all right, this movie just bump up an extra, extra star for me. Now well, I get this. That, that, that was where I was like, all right, this, this movie is, is special. This, this is no, definitely something special. Yeah. It's what is what you reveal about yourself? Uh, yes, with, that's, yeah. There's um, yeah. th- a line which you wouldn't reveal, but this that right. line though, and I was like, jeez, right. boy, like she could have just ended it right there, or she could have just that's said, right. oh, I can't swim, which is what she said earlier. She can't swim, right. but she still went out there, you know, to save those kids. And that was just such a powerful moment, though. And to me, yeah. that is the highlight of the whole movie. Like, there's so much great moments in it, but that was the one which was like, all right, now I get what this movie is about, you know? And then it ends in such a way where it's like, yeah, life goes on. And this is basically what the movie is about. It's about life. It's, you know, experiences. You, you move on, you know, there's, there's good, but it's also bad. There's also lots of bad in, in life. But, you know, you have to move on, you know, just like the kids in the film, you know, there are bad things that happen to them, especially with the dad. But what do they do? They don't spend the time, you know, in misery. They move on with their life, you know what I mean? So simple message here, if there is one. Um, but yeah, but just the, the, the cinematography, well, the well, ironically enough, um, Alfonso Coran does do the um, cinematography for this. He is the DP for this. I thought he would have got um, Emmanuel uh, Lebiski, I think that was pronounced his surname. The guy who did work for, um, oh gosh, for Inaratu, for um, Birdman and um, Revenant, two of my favorite movies of the decade thus far. But yeah, it's him handling this. And yeah, it really shows the director's eye that he has. Like, this to me, in a nutshell, this is an auto movie. This is him, like, I'm, this is auto status for him right now. Like, dude, this is me just being like, your 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 thought gravity and tournament was flukes red. No, no, no. This is me. No, being, no, no. Being, be, this is me being amongst the greatest directors, regardless of 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 country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yes. Um, Del Toro had his chances here. I mean, he won the Oscar. He, he gave the Oscar. Um, Koran got his Oscar as well too. I believe he did. Right. Um, but with this one, I know for sure he's gonna get um win best foreign language film. And I'm hoping that he gets a nom for best director here because yes, this is one I, of I the so best directed movies I've seen for this year. Not Sorry? just international, but just best director, period. Yeah, just best director, period, boy. Because yeah, boy, the directing shines. I think the real the MVP of this movie, though, is Alfonso, boy, because he just puts so much care yeah. and effort into every shot, to every performance, every line. You know and I mean, everything in this movie for the most part works. Even the artsy stuff that might seem weird, but there's some kind of purpose it. And I'll get quickly right. to, you know, the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend, you should say, of um of Cleo. 
So at first, the whole martial arts, the new the naked martial arts thing, kind of didn't make any sense for me. I thought it was just being arty farty. But then it's right. the following shot later on where you're seeing with the group. I was like, okay, yeah. this to me, like how I interpret it, was like masculinity, like representative of masculinity. Right. Because really and truly, Roma, it, I, I think um, Alfonso said this um, himself, is about the, the woman that, you know, influenced him in his life, in, you know, growing up. His mom and I guess his, his maid, right? If he really didn't have one. So it's not about him as a guy or as a boy. It's about the women and how they dealt with things, right? So yeah, something like that with the guy doing the 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 cutter nude, yeah, is weird, you know what I mean? But you know, once again, it's just like, all right, this is me being a man. I'm being like this Greek god, you know what I mean? Right. That kind they of stuff. Yeah, they do. A, well, the movie have a little feminist bent to it in the sense of men ain't shit in this because they well they involve oh, something yeah, with, the, right. with the wife husband as well, with yeah. the mother, with the husband. Uh, you know, they didn't really mention it, but yeah, again, it's more. Is masculinity, yes, but it's a, a lot of running away from responsibility stuff. Because you yes, notice yes, yes. a lot of it is men not confronting stuff. So, like, when, I, when, I, when she mentioned something involving the cinema, and then he said, oh, you going to the toilet. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, boy. That, that moment, boy, was like... That, 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 first moment that of, was a of good shit bag. That was a good point. Yeah. Yeah. First moment of shit bag. And then she, you know, she, she come back, mention him, she deal with him again. He, another piece of shit bag. And then the last piece with that, that last reveal was like, wow. Yeah, that is very good. I was like, oh, when you get closer, they play into focus. Yeah. I'm like, and, oh, shit. And, and by love... the way, take note of the shirt that he's wearing. I had yeah. to rewind that part. I, I was noticing the shirt that he had on. I was yeah. like, wow, boy. Like, yeah. just from a visual standpoint, that just says so much uh, about the character. Yeah. That's all you'll see. Um, even right down to the father himself, the patriarch of the family, you know, early yeah. on there's this argument about, well, you know, um, y'all eating my out of house and home and they're trying to get a job and blah, 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 blah. Well, I do the same for my family, but y'all eating my, uh, all eating out, y'all eating my out, basically, right? Um, right. And the mom later on saying, well, she was, I think she was doing um bio, biology or biochemistry or something like that, but she wanted right. to do her next job because, yeah, she had to take care of the family, you know? And right. those little simple sacrifices, you know what I mean? Might mean much when you're young, but when you're older, now you appreciate that. Yeah. And that, it's, really, it's that, really made so, that really made the story so much more right. uh, strong. But the father, the father had such a douchey, you know, moment with himself. Okay? He's all been some bookshelves now. And, yeah. Right. Why just take so, the bookshelves and leave the books you know, to the point That's the point I'm trying to make. It's just like, the lack of confrontation. And, you know, we don't really get into masculinity so much, so much. It does do it a little bit. Um, but not just the idea we had a lot of men in shit in this. Um, yeah, and it, well, it outright, it have an outright position when when the mother come home drunk with the car. Now. Yes. Um, that was funny too. Yeah. But that's what was it. This, but, but yeah, this overall, is, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, overall though, um, while I will not say that this is the absolute best movie of 2018, and if you know many people could say that, and that's fine. I I do totally understand. I do deserve the credit, but for me. This that is, is definitely right. one of the best movies of 20, 2018. This is top five for me. Slight spoiler. Right. Top yeah, five true. material for me, boy. So yeah. for me, this gets a decent four and a half out of five. If you right. uh, if you love... Uh, what's the best audience for this, though? If you just love great movies, right? If you're yeah. willing to sit through slow burn movies. If you just love films from, like, great directors, from great authors, you know? The Ingmar Bergmans, the, you know... Um, I forgot the guy who did uh, Rules of the Game, you know, my lecturer wouldn't forgive me for this. <laughs> Renoir, but, um, Renoir, Renoir. Yes, John Renoir. Jeez, I should slap myself over the head. 
Sean um, Renoir, come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. All right. Yeah. Note, note to self, watch over rules of the game. I literally haven't seen that movie in ages, right? But yeah, yeah. if you love, like, if you just call yourself a film buff, if you call right. yourself a lover of film in not just, you know, great movies, but, you know, the technical aspect of it, you know, the cinematography, the directing, the writing and all that kind of stuff, then you will absolutely, they, they, then there's something in this movie that you will absolutely love. So, yeah, like I say, yeah. This is top five for me. This is one of the best movies of 2018, hands down. And this is currently my pick for best foreign language film. Um, well, right. I, I'm rooting for this to win next year, the Academy Awards for best foreign language film. So definitely, yeah. definitely check out Roma. Uh, what's yeah. your rating? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I get us a really high score. This more than likely is going to make top five from even top three for me. Um, yeah, you know, you know, when I heard the name Roma, I only saw a couple... Um, Couple still somewhere because I didn't watch a trailer. I had no idea what it was about. Um, I thought it was an Italian film, so I thought we, it yeah, was. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Coran giving us an Italian new realism something, and yeah, the, the film did a lot of that. It did this yeah. new realism yeah. take on things, right? And Everything just because um because Fellini did a film called Roma as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So right. Like I thought it exactly. was his take on Roma or something like that. That was Gintu, yeah. Um, yeah, and pretty much that is what we got. Um, it was just this, this great slice of life film, but it worked very emotionally impactful and powerful. Um, really had some real, real rough moments. Um, not dark per se, although it had its really dark moments, but it was just emotionally really strong. And yes. it, it did that quite well. Um, you really fell for the main character, Cleo. She was a great, I forget the actress name, but she, great actress. She I, I think this film. is her debut performance, though, and my God, right. she, she was excellent. <laughs> she was excellent. Yeah, so and, I don't know if and, you will see her in in you know well maybe not just Mexican films but maybe Hollywood films as well you know yeah. like Branch Out maybe one day Something, and hopefully yeah. you'll be like oh right she was from that one film right. Roma which yeah. you loved yes but right. yeah she yeah. is great at this right and yeah I, I just thought everybody was good at good world building good good set design set movement you know blocking sequence you know where you have characters moving in places sequence city shots and this kind of thing and there's camera following people. Yeah. And yeah, as I say, composition. Composition was amazing. Amazing, yes. amazing, amazing. And of what course, them, them, and of course, and of course, them long takes, boy. Can yeah. Them long takes, excellent. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, right? Um, for me, one shot in particular that stood out was where, um, when they was in the countryside driving towards the beach. And oh. that shot. At- yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. There's another, there's another one where she was running in the nighttime and, and she cut across the street. And it's just how they show the city in the background. Like, well, what movie had? Yeah, yeah, I get this one like a ten. Yeah, I get this like a, a nine out of ten. Um, really, nice. really high score. I give it like a yeah. Basically, you'll get the IMAX score. This is solid business to me. Um, didn't didn't have any major problems or issues with it. Uh, but only had one little part that was kind of off for me. That was involving a fire. That was like yeah, okay. I don't know why. Yeah, that, 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 that was on the artsy. <laughs> right. I don't see artsy fartsy, but that was on the artsy side. I think that I just missed and it just went over my head. I don't watch it back and somebody somebody in some article somewhere will be like. Or somewhere in some subreddit go say, hey, does he mean another time? Right, cool. Yeah, that's slapping all subtitles though, so we don't understand what you were singing, please. Right. right. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I really give it a good score, but th- yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I don't really have much else to say. Just it 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 is a really excellently well done movie. You know, you forget that Koran is like this big time super director. No, yeah, no, he still yeah. could do film yeah. as in film film. <laughs> um, yeah. solid, solid business. Film purity, film purity. Last thing, last I want to say, um, it's also amazing. Dude. I think this is where, like, you know, when you think about film history, this is how impactful this movie is. Like, you would yeah. think something like this would have come out from, you know, like Italy 
or yeah. France, you know, some big European director who's like so anti Hollywood would have put out something like this just to tell yeah, people, yeah, you know, fair. our movies are great too, though. But no, this is a Mexican director doing this, right? Like, process that for me, right? Yeah, it's 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 uh, that it really feels like a you know, it's a second cinema film, right? Second cinema, third cinema mix up, right? Yeah, um, that's what it was, um, but yeah, pretty much, um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's not much more we could say, but yeah, Roma is a real deal. And yeah. finally, speaking of real deal, boy, uh, finally, we had to talk about Spider Man, boy, into the Spider Verse, right? I would say, right off the bat. Sony finally get right by. Well, I should say, finally, after 14 years since Spider-Man 2, Sony finally get right. They, 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 one of the experiments, one of the Spider-Man experiments that they was doing in the lab with Chemical X and whatnot, finally, finally work. So, Ricardo, what is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse about? Okay, so basically, we get to see a story from the perspective of this kid called Miles Morales. He's this young kid who goes to, uh, not a boarding school, but uh, he's now starting at a, what is it called? Yeah, it, it, it is a boarding school, um, but right. it's, it's, in, it's in Brooklyn where he, where he lives, right. basically. Yeah. Right. I forget what it's called, school. charter schools, kind of a charter school kind of thing. These high-end, you know, you have to do your grades good kind of thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, he joins, he gets caught up with a situation involving uh, involving, you know, his his uncle, and you have to deal with a situation. He get bite from a spider, because he wanted to do something with his uncle, and then he end up getting a situation where he sees the Spider-Man, and the Spider-Man have to do a task, but the Spider-Man fails at this task. And that starts the whole situation involving the Spider-Man. Right? It's a really dark scenario, but it solves its problem. And basically, he himself now gets spider powers, and you have to deal with that going forward. And that's the story. Uh, it starts oh, with, that, that, is a, that is a simple... I don't want to sell too much spoilers involved that, but it's all bit involved with the Spider-Man. But from the trailers and from the promos, it involves multiple dimensions, uh, multiple yes. universes. Um, the Kingpin was up to no good with some th- a thing that's why I'm not trying to stop. But that's the situation going forward. Uh, uh, the story, and he becomes his Spider-Man in his own way, but he has to be trained as a Spider-Man as well. Yes. And that's pretty much it. Uh, don't want to spoil too much, because we'll talk about that in the review itself. Alright. So, okay, so, so, thing, yeah? so, well, we're going to talk about the movie itself. I wanted to start. I really like this movie, but I don't love this movie as other people seem to. Really? Yeah. I really like this movie. Really like it. What? But I don't love it. Okay, okay. That that actually <laughs> surprised me because I I kinda love this movie. Not right. as much as I wanted though, which is fine. Yeah. But for what it's set out to do, I think that this is a near perfect film in my opinion. For what it's set right. out to do. Yeah. Um it does it does a lot writer, but I find uh, here's what I'm going to mention, eh? and this is something I kind of knew. I had a problem with the trailers. To me, this shouldn't have. This should have been an origin story on its own, and then they go to the multiple stuff. The multiple stuff kind of undermined it a little bit, in my opinion. Oh, okay. I'm one of those. Because of what they do with the origin. Like the beginning has something really big happen, 
involving a main character. Mm-hmm. And then they did, like, to me, they could have, I, I, because of that, the, uh, the main arc of the main character, which is Miles, is not as strong as it could have been, in my opinion. Oh. That's how I feel about that. If they kept it with just two of those characters and just that story, and they figure out a way to just have it with them and not a, not a multiverse stuff, I'd like this more. All right. Okay. That's uh, cool I about. understand, yeah. I find this could have worked. I just, Miles' arc wasn't as strong as it could have been. No, it was great, huh? Let's be clear. They did all the Spider-Man things, all the jokes, all the references. I kind of compare, you know, it's it kind of comparable to. It feel like, um, you know, Lego Batman. It was like Lego Batman to Batman. Oh, it's okay, a, okay. Right. It's good, and it, it's a big send-up and a big, a big, nice reference to Batman. But it didn't feel like a solid Batman story on its own. Even though it was a good Batman story, it didn't feel like a real strong Batman story on its own. Like, it, it didn't feel like, because it wasn't, it's, it, because it, it only just, it was more homage to the franchise rather than yeah. Miles' arc itself. And Miles' arc could have been much stronger because right. of that. That is the reason, that is the big problem with it. I love the animation. I don't I have a problem with that. I actually like a lot of that, what they do with the mixing and matching of the animation. Uh, I like Kingpin. I thought they could have do, I like what they do with him, but to me, they could have do a different story with that because what the central thing was, to me, the central emotional conceit of it, could have been better with, without the multiverse stuff. The multiverse stuff kind of take away from it from me. Mm. And I find if they, either, here's one of the two things, either that multiverse stuff show up in a sequel, or they could have been, you know, when I just complain, well, something could have been a Netflix series, so it could have been extended, like, 10 episodes or something, and then that could have been the situation. I get the feeling that this could have been on Netflix in that way. Where it would have been in theaters, it could be a ten episode run on Netflix, and you flesh out all our multiple stuff better. Right. It's ten mile story, you know, but it just do it's not as impactful because of the multiple stuff. It feels less important, in my opinion. It felt less important. That right. is about it. I, I, right. I, I understand where you're coming from, right? Um, right? And I would admit, yes, while I do love the film, um, it's not perfect. What I would say, well, this game, my gripes out of the way. Uh, for one thing, um, Kingpin himself. Had to yes. get used to the bulky, like over the top bulky design okay. of him. That but, that I didn't mind because that's a old that's a old a old Daredevil comic that had the Kingpin's design, and that was that's where they pulled it from. It wasn't like a unique design they came up with. Like, right. They had was that was that like big. Frank? It, it has a Frank Miller kind of vibe. It's, it's, it's a Frank of... Miller. I forget what this was. But I think it's a Frank Miller. I forget which Daredevil it was, but it was an right. old Daredevil story, and it basically that that huge. Massive kingpin design because I, it was kind of weird, but I knew when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I know where this design came from. Like, it's not, it wasn't like their original design. But yeah, okay. kingpin was too bulky for me. Yeah, whatever. But it was yeah. no problem. Was um, also, I find that the, you really could have just flesh him out entirely. Like, all of a sudden, That's he's just there true. and he has this device and the device is doing stuff and like, he's aligned to, to other superhero, but sorry, to other supervillains. I, right. Like you, you, you understand, right? So you get what the the motive is, like what's the the plot, what's it about? But you yeah. just get like a little glimpse as to why, and then you kind of forget about it, and then later on you yeah. you really ask yourself, why are you really going through all this to like your kingpin oh. brother? You're not some sorry, you're not some kind of big super villain that you want to rewrite um reality by you know no, no, okay. doing this device thing you're the king just, bro. like what's was the real motive behind this and they explain it they explain it because i, I kind of knew what it was like from the beginning i said oh i know what you want to do it won't work i get that right when they mentioned the, the character who says that um 
they do that. My thing is that they kind of justify it by having, well, the, the, this version of the Doc, Doc Ock, which I liked. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I really like that. And oh, well, right. well, all right, that that's a spoiler thing. Um, the reveal, yeah, for that was 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 <laughs> was excellent, my opinion. And there's another yeah. reveal of another character, another yeah, another character which you would which you wouldn't spoil here. But I was right. like, okay, I, I love these reviews. I was I was seeing like uh, to quote um a robot chicken, it's a twist. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I was liking that. That, that was a that was a that was a Shyamalan moment. But yeah, right. but but the thing is for me is that the because I don't know because of the Spider Verse stuff. If it was just even if you're doing the Spider Verse stuff, they just bring in one more character. As I said, if it was just one character and they did that, I'd, I I won't mind. But because they're bringing all these extra characters and they just do it for, and I, I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as I could have. No, because they just oh. they didn't do any characters. They just oh well, we just have to solve this problem. And well, it's Miles' arc, but his arc wasn't as strong. And to me, they could have do that with that one extra character. Or maybe even just two extra characters. Because to me, they were the center of the movie. Right? Yeah. Well, well, do I it? Because, I, oh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to spoil it. So, well, it's any trailer, so whatever. Spider-Gwen, if it was just Spider-Gwen and just the alternate Peter, I would have liked that. Alone. Right. But with, with Noir and Penny and, and Porker, because they just come in just so, just so, and they're not relevant to the central narrative because it's just, well, as Spider-Verse. I mean, you just need to have the Spider-Verse. If it was just less characters, I'd enjoy this more. Right. I, I understand what you mean. It, it kind of so, overwhelms so, the story, the, the real story, which is about Miles Morales. I get that. But no... To me, Porker, Penny Parker, and, and Noir could have show up in a sequel. But I love Noir, though. Like, I, I, would, I, would, and I would straight up say it. He needs yeah. his own spin-off movie, though. For the I, I, time that he was on screen, and of course Nicolas Cage doing the voice, I was like, "This this guy needs a movie. Give him a spin-off movie, please." Just, to me, that doesn't gel. And like, especially the scene how they introduce them, because yes. you know, okay, so again, I don't want to spoil it too much, but apparently, Aunt May knows her shit in this world. Like, she's real competent and super competent. Yeah. And that, they found out. I was like, "Oh, well, died. They were there all the time." I was like, "What?" And all right. And they just bring them in just for fan service now. As I said, it's more like a Lego Batman movie more than a thing. That's what it felt like. It right. Feel like and, well, what I would story. say though, yeah, what I would say though, in, in the film's defense, um, not just because, um, well, Phil Lord and you know Chris Miller, you know, right. uh, sorry, well, yeah, well, they produced it, but it's Phil Lord and Rodney Rotham actually wrote the wrote the um the script for this, right? So yes, right. it does have a Lego Batman feel to things, right? Whereas yeah. homage and trying to tell actual story and references left right and center and literally everywhere just spilling out of the film right but i think the reason why the movie feels like what they call a, a kitchen uh you know like a kitchen sink movie that like they throw everything including the kitchen sink is because how many times have we seen this incarnation of of spider-man over the years over the past couple of decades actually you know what I mean? right. it's like uh, a batman where you know, you know you've been seeing these things from since 1989 you know in terms of movies but in this case, because the 2000s, you know, how many times have we seen the the um, the origin story? So, yes, right. I do understand that they could have focused it on Miles because Miles is his own character anyway. But, you know, it goes into familiar territory with him being bit by a spider and him having the lady powers and all that kind of stuff. And I love the moment, the, the scenes, sorry, where Peter B. Parker, which I thought was cool, I call him yeah. the Marvel Comics version of Spider-Man. While the previous version, that's all I'll say, was the Sony version of Spider-Man because he had the, you know, the, the, I want to say man-made spider webs, basically. 
that kind of thing. Right. So while the PPP Parker yeah. was a so, like back to basics right. kind of thing, though. Yeah. Exactly. I, I I get all of that. All that's fine. Um. Yeah. But it, again, it, it what I like to it. Uh, I like the, the multiverse stuff, but it could, it did do too much multiverse stuff, and it didn't fit with the narrative particularly well. And uh, to me, it could have a more central conceit involved now. Right. You know, they could have keep more grounded, and because I don't know, like you have a lot of. Like Spider-Man is a big part of Spider-Man is the multiple stuff, right? You know, the, the what is the, the, the weaver and all of that bullshit, right? Yeah, Madam Web from... and all that stuff from the cartoon. Right. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, yeah, you have the Grand Weaver and all that. Well, in the comics, if you read the comics. And right. that stuff just kind of throw me off personally because it's not my, my favorite Spider-Man. To me, what makes Spider-Man work, especially Miles, is keeping the stuff grounded on Central as a central figure. They still do that, eh? It's not like they didn't do it. Yeah. But I would have liked myself to focus on it more. Like, instead of distracting me with all of that. Right, that's right, yeah. I understand. But, like, for me, because the trailer set it up already, I kind of came in knowing, right. okay, they, I was going to get to see all this stuff anyway. You know what I mean? But, but, however, though, um, the mild stuff was there, right? And while it right. is not entirely, you know, central to the overall story, and, yeah, I, I would admit that if it was, it would have made for a much more, a much better Stronger. film, or a much more stronger film. But especially still, in a character, especially involving a certain character, to me, when they do him and the big reveal of him, I was like, wow, they could have do that Jada though. Like if yeah, it was yeah. all that extra bullshit, no. But I like it, but I wanted to love it. And right. if they kept it more focused, I'd like it more. Like they, they really you know what I like about it? You didn't, didn't have that sense of isolation involved now. Because it had so much characters. That was my problem. If it just had, you know, um Peter B and, and Miles and then maybe Gwen, that'd be okay. Right. Well, I keep talking about well, gripes and stuff. But let me just get the great out of the way, right? Right. First off, animation. Love, right. love, 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 love the animation. Um, if this gets nominated for um, you know, best animated feature the awards, I know um Lego movie got snubbed. I, I still don't forgive the Academy for that. Yeah, I still yeah, don't. I agree. But if this still get nominated by boy, because I mean, Sony and their team went out of the way to make just such a vibrant, such a dynamic-looking film, though. Literally, every shot is just, like, bursting with colors and stuff. And, like, yeah. I imagine maybe Watch Mojo or the um, sites might do this, like, have a list of best animated movies to watch while high. This show going to be right, on this right. list, right? Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I imagine people going to get high to this shit and just be like, yeah, man. <laughs> Small things like um, all the little onomatopoeia and all the little stuff in the, in the scenes. Um, it wasn't even outright onomatopoeia. Like in some cases, it was just like the actual thing <laughs> yeah. that they did. Yeah, that, which I thought was pretty funny. It's like, oh, that is, wait, that's just their word. It's not like, like okay, they'll have an object and they'll say tonk or twack or something like that. What should yeah. be the proper onomatopoeia? No, they just, like, it's the thing. It's the object itself they just mentioned. So that's like a little nice little joke and a lot of stuff yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, and there's the little things, the little, little details that I really like yeah. as well. Too. Not just in the animation, but in the jokes, in the references yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I love the the kind of pop art style of things where you will look yeah. at a shot and you'll swear like you see little dots, you know, where you look at old comics, you know, that kind of feel. Yeah. So I love that. The animation is top-notch, in my opinion. Um, voice acting, top-notch as well. Um, yeah. Shemek Moore, uh, who I remember yeah. from that show that people didn't want to watch on Netflix, The Get Down. Who played Sean? Yeah. Fantastic. He was excellent at this. I don't know how yeah. they got his voice to sound young because 
he like yeah. 23 on the board, but you know, no, no, it's like what? Speed or whatever. Paper boy, yeah. Paper boy, the father is great. Yes, uh, yes. I was, I, yeah, I was picking up on the voice because I didn't realize exactly. it was him till the end credits. Like, oh, right. He was playing the. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Jake Johnson, who plays Peter yeah. B. Parker. Great, yeah. uh, great performance there. Healy Steinfield. Not a huge yeah. fan of her, especially her music. No offense, but she was great as Gwen Stacy. Um, yeah. We boy Marshall, uh, Mer- Mahershala Ali, sorry, who plays um, the uncle of of Miles. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, like Le- Leave Schreiber, who plays um, who plays Kingpin, great as yeah, well. King- yeah, didn't know McGill Kimiko Glenn was playing Penny Parker. Not surprising, you know, Asian American right. all that stuff. Nicholas Cage standout performance in my opinion. He needs his own sta- uh, he needs his own spin-off movie. I've seen that again. Um so yeah the, the voice acting is on point. The music I love the music for this though. Um the use of hip hop like like if you tell me yeah, right, yeah, yeah. but then again it's Sony so you kinda expect it right but I right. never believe in a million years I'll be hearing um hypnotized from the Taurus BG and a PG rated <laughs> Spider-Man movie and I was like they actually let this line slide if they had right Biggie there every night I was like oh, oh, okay okay yeah. <laughs> they actually let that line slide I was like alright cool cool nice um, I love there's this specific um, sort of I don't want to call it a medley if you will I don't want to call it that but um, they basically take this famous uh, hip-hop sample Apache and they mix it with Black Chips um, the choice is yours you know this or that the way how they yeah. mix it that though and for that scene i was like all right yeah. all right all right i love this i love this i love this right and yes the soundtrack is out right now and i am dying to listen to this thing like i actually have it on me right now but just from what i hear you know i heard um juice will who i'm not a big fan of but the song that he was in was cool um that post malone and sweetie song is dope yeah Gene smith do a song it was actually dope um who else is it lil wayne you know just your, your big name hip hop artists are on this album though, and I really can't wait to see um to hear. I mean, I, I think this this could be like Sony's answer to um to the Black Planter soundtrack. By the way, what oh right. yes, which, by the way is nominated for a few Grammys. I mean, that's amazing. Even right. Song of the Year, all these stars, you know, you know, well deserved. I would say that much. Um, yeah, it's even a shot with um with 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 Spider Man on top of one of the um on one of these gargoyles. And it really looks like you know the, the poster or what the posters for, um, for Black Panther. I was like, all right, all right, uh, yeah. Um, I even like the little references to you know to other references to music. Like you were seeing um Chancey Rapper's coloring book poster um album cover, but it's yeah, a yeah, tree. they had a four, and you even see um oh gosh, your boy the weekend. They do a version of Star Boy, but they they merged Star Boy with Kissland, so it was. I I remember, what the name of it was. I was like, all right, that's dope. That's dope. Remember yeah. that parallel universe too now, so it's like it's not our universe because the little, little things in their universe, like PDNY, for example. Yes, uh, yes, yes. There's all these little I, different XX or some kind of thing that they had. Right. Some kind of thing. So yeah. So yeah. um I love the 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 um I love the world building in this. I love the character design. Just from a visual standpoint, from a from even sound design and all, it works, right? Now narratively, like I was worried that they were gonna try a little bit too hard to be real, like you know, the, the moments with um with Miles talking to his to his dad and his uncle and his mom. Yeah. I also like the fact that you know he's um he's Afro and well he's black and Puerto Rican, so I thought that was great. Right. Um but yeah, I thought that it was great that the film had to try a little bit too hard to make them feel 
too real now, you know? Like you have these real life conversations. Obviously, no, yeah. I, I, I was happy with what 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 having him be like generally dorky and get in trouble with, with school and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's fine. I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. perfect because he did that. Yeah. And but, he, um, the movie needed more ganky. I thought they would have a little more ganky in it. That is his right. roommate. Um, this yeah, is why yeah, because because he was just there for like a few scenes, and, and then he just left. Um, but yeah, right. but those 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 moments with them talking, I thought actually worked as well. It's not just there to be like, oh, what well, we're gonna be this 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 mature cartoon now, you know what I mean? And this is for the adults. No, it actually adds a lot to the story as well, especially right. um with the dramatic moments that we get. And yes, there are quite a few dramatic moments in this. Um, some moments that really hit you like emotionally, like gut punches, and some moments that you know really, really heartbreaking, and some just will make you go like, "Oh, that was really nice." So I mean, so it it is very emotional, but not too emotional that it takes away from the overall fun and enjoyment of it. Now, yes, Ricardo, I do understand when you say that Miles' story should have been front and center, but I, yeah. you know, I was thinking because you want to, you know, be this you know of of, of Spider Man. You know, you just want to throw everything as much as you can. So, right. yes, you've seen the origin story before, but here's a gimmick. Now we're going to see more Spider-Man characters. You know, you know Spider-Man yeah. Noir, and you know, now you have, um, you know, Penny Parker and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you're right, though. Yes, he is front and center. And, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe if I look at it again, I would admit that, yes, it kind of, kind of, like his origin story kind of gets overwhelmed by all the other stuff, all the flashiness, yeah. right? But this is like the reoccurrence where style and substance kind of works together. Not, yeah. It's not like one kind of tends to overpower the other, especially with the style, because yes, this movie is stylish from the from the intro, from the from the Sony logo, which I was loving it. I was loving that opening credit and all too. Just everything about it is just so incredibly stylish. I think it adds a lot to the film. But there are a couple of moments where it feels like it's a little too heavy on style. But I kind of let it slide because it's experience yeah. that, especially like if you're watching the 3D like I did, it's like, okay, yeah. it's just part of this experience. So, yes, all these flashy visuals and colors in your face, but it adds a lot to the, to the film. It really makes this thing different. I think this is really what the goal of the movie was, to just be so stylistically different that you would just kind of be like, all right, well, yeah, I could rank this among one of the best Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man movies, even though oh, technically definitely. it's yeah. not full... 100% Spider-Man if it gets with Drift but it pays so much tribute to Spider-Man whereas, to the point where it's like well yeah I, and you have the Miles Morales story in the background so like I, you know what yeah it's, it's a Spider-Man movie and also finally I'll say because it's animated as well so they could get to do so much more than you know that the, the TV series ever did you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. so I, I love the style I love the substance in it um, it's not a perfect movie mind you um, I uh, oh it was oh by the way before I forget the end credit scene when all the credits roll, okay. that's amazing. Hilarious, love yeah. that, love yeah. that, love that. Oh, that was amazing. I, I was, I was in stitches with that though. That was pure genius. I love that. Um, yeah. and it was so smart too because you take it. Oh, they're gonna hit at a sequel and they kind of do, but no, it is gonna kind of throw you off guard with this moment. Yeah. And this yeah. whole the edit so, was just brilliant for me. Yeah, that no, that was that that post credit scene was brilliant. I thought that was great and hilarious on its own. But for yeah. me, as I say, as I say, it really still had that Sony stamp on it of trying to put too much bullshit in this. Um, yeah, even though it's, the bullshit, it's a Sony movie, true, even right down to oh gosh, yeah, man, so, so the headphones had to be Sony. My my, my headphones had to be Sony. Like, ugh, ah. 
But no, yeah, but even, though, even though it's bullshit for the fans, it still had too much bullshit that to me held back the narrative. I find if they had a more, it didn't feel as focused as it could have been. And a lot of stuff got rushed. Like to me, I'd have it where in more focusing on Miles in the school, we'd have seen more ganky. Then you do the, the, the Parker stuff because you're still doing multiverse, but not too much multiverse. That was my problem. Right. Um, right. That was my thing. St- I don't mind the multiverse stuff. So you get to see alternate, the alternate Peter stuff. I like that. Um, even the Gwen Stevie stuff I was enjoying. Um, but they could have do that better. Yeah, they could, uh, I, I they could have done a little bit more with Gwen's character. Like, the relationship between, between her and Miles, they could have done a little bit more with that. But really? I, I, I thought it was going to do the sh- the show the two Gwens, but he's realized, no, it's just the same Gwen. Because I thought it would have been like the Gwen without powers and then the Gwen with powers. Um, that that would have been great, though. That would have been great if they did that, been, yeah. yeah. But that I kind of pick up then that, that yeah, they, they're not going to do that because that might just confuse people. I mean, they did it with, with Peter already, um, slight exactly. spoiler, but it's Peter Parker, so okay, but Gwen, right. yeah. All right, that that might that might true people I, a little too much, you know. Right, I don't know. I, I would have preferred, I would have liked to see that and his relationship. Whatever, small thing. Um, yeah. so oh, this, last thing I, I want to say too before I forget to. Uh, I like that. Yes, there are tons and tons and tons of references to Spider Man yeah. and stuff like that. But tons. it's that that I have to remember every single thing. You know, some stuff flew past me, uh, but the movie doesn't stop to say this is what this scene meant or this is what this reference no, 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 is like no no you, you pick up on it you pick you, you didn't find whatever move on it does get to spoil the story for you moving on yeah they yeah. had some good scenes like the the stanley scene i liked uh yes, that's pretty love good that. love that yeah, yeah. yeah. um but it, i don't know it just it, it they could have do more with this uh, what i should say is that i like it a lot but it, they should have trimmed some of the fat some fat could have been trimmed i'd like it a little more streamlined either that or you give us a series. You do the series thing. The way you flesh this right. out more in a full arc. So you, you, you could justify why this Spider-Verse thing. So like if it was a 10 episodes on, on Netflix, that could have worked now. You have to flesh right. out all the multiverse stuff. Not too much multiverse. It's the same story. But you fleshed out a little more. Even like a six episodes or something like yeah. that. Um, but what, I my, say, what I would say though that because of how, you know, how, how successful this movie is. And yeah, people are... are, are are literally begging for sequels. Then yeah, they could right. explore this multiverse even even further, right? Right. Yeah. Um, as I said, but the good, the good strongly outweighs the bad. I still give it a very high score. Um, but I, I would have liked the, I would like the, tra- the fat to have been trimmed. Um, for the most part, but I still give it a very high score. Um, yeah, the stuff, the, the post credit scene with Miguel O'Hara is amazing. I love that. Um, but I don't know. I just it was just bugging me why this wasn't why I wasn't liking this as much as other people are. And that is the reason because it doesn't stream the narrative of Miles and his arc could have been stronger. Right. It wasn't strong because it was diluted a little bit by how it was told. Um, to me, at least for me. Right. Um, and you know, like so, so to me, the, the, the final scene where he actually became Spider-Man and he, he jumped up the building at the upside down shot and all of that shot, that wasn't as impactful as it could have been for me because of right. what's going on. It's like, yeah, oh, well, I could've... understand. Do you, you, you need to get there? Could have been right. special a lot better. I, I understand. Right. So. And then, well, something involving another character that could that was not strong emotionally either. You know, in the context of the story, because again, right. because because you had your thinking in two different, it, it created a dissonance for me now. Um, because you had your thinking about the multiple stuff and this stuff, and it's like no, they could have keep it more focused into one world now. Whatever, right? It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Uh, right. I still re- 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 what, what what do what would you give this? Yeah, get us one of IMAX. Just still a solid IMAX. Not the highest of IMAXs, but still a solid IMAX because the good outweighs the bad. Like, the bad I have is, is stuff that more bothers me personally 
Um, but I give it a, a, I still give it a good score because everything they do well, they do right. Like, holy shit, where's the last time I see Avi Arad meme on a good Spider-Man production? I know, um, right? <laughs> shocking, whatever. Sony actually pulled something. So Sony, look, Sony actually have leverage with Spider-Man because Spider-Man do good for critics and Venom did good for the box office. Wow, look at that, Sony. You pull yeah, it out of your Look at that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said at the very beginning, this is a Sony experiment that actually works, though. Um, yeah. It works near perfect, in my opinion. And for me, I would say right off the bat that this is the best animated movie of 2018. This is coming from somebody who actually really enjoyed Ralph Breaks the Internet, but like, I wanted to put that on my top tell list, but now, nah, boy, this that, nah. that, that that spot definitely had to go to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This is in my top 10 for sure, just for just for how much I enjoyed it and just for the ambition and what they set out to do. And yeah, for the most part, they really succeed with this too. It's not perfect, yeah. but I, I'll be hard. You'll be hard pressed to, to not to not enjoy it or not find something in it to to really appreciate. It really come it really feels like a labor of love. Like these people, yeah. like the you know, the crew behind the scenes really love this character, really yes. pay respect it. But yes, it could be a little bit heavy on style. Because yes, the, the, the style is very, very much in your face. But yeah. it's it's a unique take on Spider Man, something you've never seen before. And they pull it off you know, great about uh they pull it off very, 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 very well in my opinion. So for me this right. gets a strong four to five. Uh, this is going to be in the top 10 for sure. Not a top 5, but this is going to be top 10 for sure. This is right. the best animated movie of 2018. If it gets nominated for something uh, in the awards, uh, in the Academy Awards, sorry, next year, I mean, well, what I mean, like for best animated feature, cool, and I expect this thing to get nominated for some song or whatever it is. Like what, Post Malone and Sweeney got to get nominated for our stuff. And then again, then again, weirder things have happened before, so I don't know. But yeah. Hands down, one of the best Spider-Man movies I've ever seen. I would say this uh, this ranks second place. First one, of course, being Spider-Man Two, and third one, hit hit more love with it. Spider-Man Homecoming. Everything else can yes. just come after that. Well, all right, the fourth one could be the first Spider-Man movie, and the other movies could just suck salt. I don't care for them. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I I still rank it quite high in the, in the Spider-Man general mythos and, and the material. It's it's still very good in. Um, but it just bothered me by it, it just felt like Miles' arc was a little diluted in this and I was worried from it for the trailer and that's exactly what, uh, what happened for me in the film I yeah. didn't hate it, didn't hate it at all in fact I actually like this a lot but um, it could have, these so many big emotional moments wasn't as strong could have been stronger and it wasn't as strong um, because of that in my opinion that's how I feel right. uh, that's it. So, yeah, okay alright, yeah. so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? That's at RMADDWide on Twitter. That is at RMADD on Twitter. And then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You'll find me there. You can also find me on Twitter. Just look for Legally Black MJB. MJB and capital letters. You can also find me on Instagram. Just look for Matrimony Reviews. Also, I'm on Facebook. Just look for my name, Matrimony, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast as well as the others that we've done over the past few years, including retrospect reviews. Right. So, stuff to look forward to. Uh, well, actually... Just say this one time, uh, well, because Christmas is coming up actually in a week and a half, uh, we will be doing our last few episodes after Christmas. So right. because we're getting Aquaman on Boxing Day, I know, sad, but Boxing Day, okay, cool, at least I have a reason to get out the house. Uh, we will talk about that along with Bumblebee, which we will see before Christmas. And right. hopefully, 
<laughs> to, uh, review season one of Titans. I just started watching it. First episode is very impressive. I only saw the first episode. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what they do next year. I get the tone. I get what they get. I, I get what they're going right. for here. So I'm really excited to see what they do next. I, I, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about something with Titans in just the grander, you know, DC as a franchise now, especially post Batman v Superman, you know, the utter implosion of that, that nonsense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with the launching of the Disney streaming service and what happened with that now. And, you know, I, I, it's ultimately a, a net good, I'll say. But we'll talk about it. Right. And yeah. last but not least, you can also look forward to our, um, our you know, best of 2018, the worst of 2018 list. And, yeah. um, well, before I forget, I'm actually going to say this now. Just to make life easier on myself, I'm at, like, initially I was going to do top 18, but then I was thinking about it more and I was, you know what? I was like, all right, really, is the top 10s that people remember? Is the top 10s that I personally remember as well? So I'm going to just bring it down to top 10. So in terms of best yeah, movies, it'll be top 10. In terms of hip-hop albums, it'll be top 10 as well. Right. Same thing for stuff. I saw a bunch of movies. So. I saw yeah. a bunch of movies. Yeah, and then unfortunately, it'll be a bunch of movies I don't think I'll see on time. it have one movie in particular I thought I would have seen by now and that looked like it coming down anytime soon. There's a Vice, the Dick Cheney movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we knew we were supposed to get the mule, but I'm not seeing it on yeah, the schedules of, of our, of our local cinemas. I said the mule as well, yeah. I, I, I cannot forget about that. I, I think that launched at the same time with um, Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, yes, actually, yes. I, I don't remember, yeah. right? So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, for what it's worth, you know, we will talk about the best stuff and the worst stuff that we've seen. Um, yeah, same thing just... goes for, for, for hip-hop music as well. You know, the EPs, the instrumentals, all that jazz. Right. I just, uh, I'll just pick off all our stuff. And I have a bunch of movies to catch up with. And pick yeah. it off. Uh, right. right now, one of those movies I'll be watching and I'm enjoying, I didn't finish it yet, is Assassination Nation. Started watching that. Pretty kind of awesome. All right. Uh, um, I'll, 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 yeah. that, that title has popped up, but um, yeah. I'm still yet to, to watch a trailer for it. But I hear right. a lot of great things about it. Um, our TCL colleague, Summer, was saying it's a pretty good, um, um, badass movie. I was gonna say okay. goddamn badass movie. So um, yeah, well that well, you know, just a paraphrase, sorry. But um yeah, I'll make the effort to check that out as well. Ooh. Not too sure if we'll be able to review it in time because of the length of time, you know, between this episode and when we do it after Boxing Day, but it may show up in a top ten list, who knows? But we'll do a, a quick review. Like for the stuff that we have reviewed on this uh, show for the year, if it happens to make it our top ten, best or worst, then we'll just probably do like a quick run through of it. Right. Cool. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever you listen is. This was Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So until the next one, take care. And Merry Christmas, by the way. Have a yeah. very, very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, take care. Uh, yes, all with that. the solstice, all that good stuff. And yeah, peace. One, 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 one. One warm December, one warm December, one 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 warm December, one warm December, one 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 warm December, one warm December, one one one. One, 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 one warm December, one warm December, one, one, 
wanu, 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 wanu om disem, wanu om disem, wanu, 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 wanu om disem, wanu om disem, wanu, 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 wanu om disem. One warm December. One, 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 one.